Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Thursday Night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. It's going to be an amazing night tonight. I'm excited to be here. This our second show of October, our spooky month, so I'm hoping that maybe we can hear some dark poetry tonight. Ooh, that's my ghost sounds. So, real excited about that. If you guys can uh, bring something spooky to the table next couple of weeks. All right, so, guys, it's been an amazing week. I've had a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm now, this isn't very poetic, but I just have to say this out loud because I'm sure my neighbor doesn't listen to my show. I'm kind of plotting, plotting revenge. Not, no trick, no treats, just tricks against my neighbor because, you know, he has this great big huge cherry tree and it like 90% of the tree overlaps onto my side of the fence and I'm raking cherry tree leaves all the time and have to put up with wasps from the cherries and it's just horrible. And so I needed some acorns for a project that I'm working on. And I, they have a big oak tree in their front yard. So I walked around the block, and our, our yards are back-to-back, neighbors in there. Our, our backyards are back-to-back. So I walked around the block, and I went over, and I was standing on their lawn next to the sidewalk picking up acorns from under their tree. And he comes out and gets all upset because I'm on his lawn picking up acorns. And I'm thinking, really? Really? So I'm like thinking of cutting all the cherry tree down that's on my side of the yard and throwing the, the branches over his side. But he's a very meticulous yard person, so I could just like rake up all the leaves from his cherry tree and toss them over on his side of the fence or something like that. You all thought I was really nice, but I'm actually kind of evil. I'm maybe trying to think of this. Maybe I can like write a a, a poem, a spooky poem about. I'm going to just start leaving acorns on his windshield. I don't know. He pissed me off, can you tell? So, yeah. <laughs> That's been my week. Up until today when I picked up acorns, it was a fantastic week. But it's kind of funny because now that just that whole that whole thing has me thinking. And, and every time I think something, it's like, oh, I'm going to write a poem about that. But, you know, I probably won't because I'm a nice gal sometimes. Anyway, welcome to the show, you guys. The number to call in if you'd like to call in and read is 646 646- Five nine five three nine six five. That's six four six five nine five three nine six five. Alrighty. I want to do some announcements real quick before we get started. If you have not checked out our worldwide poetry project yet, Rock That Poem, you can do so by going to our Facebook group, which is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Rock That Poem. Alrighty. Easy as rock paper scissors. Add a little bit of glue. Put one of your poems on there, or a title to a poem, or the picture of Poe, or I don't care what you want to do, and uh, get those out there in the world. All right, next thing. If you are interested in hosting a workshop with us, all right, real similar to the one that we did yesterday. So if you didn't, were not here and did not hear 
the Inkwell workshop that we did, and I uh, was really pretty cool. Had George and Stan on with me for that. It's uh, an actual poem workshop, so it walks you through step-by-step instructions on um, a poem. A poem. So when you get done with the workshop, you have a whole. Po- yes, I am a public speaker. <laughs> I really am, honest. Um, By the time you get through at the workshop, you'll have a finished poem. So it walks you through an exercise and then walks you through the steps of writing the poem to go along with the exercise. So that's really a lot of fun. Stan and George were absolutely wonderful doing it on the fly with me. We had a lot of fun, and it's really cool. And the reason that we do these workshops and stuff is I don't care how good you think you are, you can get better. I don't care, you know, how smart you are. You can learn from a newbie, all right? And the newbies, of course, you can learn from the the writing veterans. So, you know, it doesn't matter when you put these workshops on. Workshops on. It doesn't matter. You don't have to be a professional workshop provider, okay? It's just a way for us to spend and a little bit more intimate time together and talk about things that we really enjoy, which is writing. You can do a workshop on a poetry form you're interested in. Maybe it's one you've never written in, so you can do a workshop called I've Never Written a Sonnet. All right, and then you can pull up the form, and you can do the show live. You can do it pre-recorded. You can do it a combination of both. Okay, and uh, you can write a sonnet right along with everybody. Learn it while you're on there. What better way to teach than to learn? If you want to do something like I did last week or yesterday, excuse me, and we pre-recorded it last week, so like we did yesterday, and where you do a step-by-step actual writing workshop where you create a piece of poetry at the end, you can do that. If you want to talk about your favorite era of poetry, if you want to talk about punctuation, if you want to talk about doing spoken word. Maybe you want to talk about recording your poetry. Maybe you want to talk about, um, I don't know, whatever you can think of. All right. We'll have fun with those. If you did not catch the one we did yesterday, it is in our archives. All right. I posted that on my page on Facebook, so the link's on my uh, my posts on there. You can click on that and go back and listen to it. And it's really cool because the way the workshop I set it up is you listen to the first part, you listen to the instructions, and then I play this small music bed. And when you hear the small music bed, I'll tell you, okay, write down four lines about this, and then I'll play some music so they, they had time to write. Well, you can pause the show there, take the time, write down your lines, and then when after you write down your lines, start the show back up again. So the way I do them, it's really designed to be able to listen to them in the archives to be the most effective. And poor Stan and George, you'll understand when you listen to the workshop uh, they're real troopers, I'm telling you what. I have a lot of respect for those, too. <laughs> and we did have fun, like I said. Make sure you check that out. If you don't want to put one on, uh, probably the easiest way to get a hold of me, shoot me a message, is on Facebook. So if you are not on my contacts list, you can find me under Nyla, N-Y-L-A dot Alicia, A-L-I-S-I-A. All righty, shoot me a message. Let me know what you have in mind, and we can get those going. Remember, you can do these pre-recorded. You could actually sit on your computer and pre-record one, edit it, get it all pretty, and then send it to me in an MP3 file if you wanted to. So, you know, whatever you want to do. But, uh, like I said, we have fun doing them and hope you uh, decide to do them with us. All right, next thing. I want to thank Star Sevron, James, one sapien, and Roy Murdoch, and that's Roy here for the beer, um, for... 
hosting or uh, excuse me not hosting <laughs> that's what you have to put up with with me for helping sponsor the show this year and helping us keep our three-hour license on air and we really appreciate you guys on behalf of everybody here at the speakeasy thank you star Severon, james one sapien and roy murdoch roy here for the beer appreciate you guys all right so every week i give you out homework um, exercises, writing prompts, titles, things like that. So if you ever get stuck saying, uh, well, I don't know what to write, I don't know, blah, 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 blah. y'all get there. You can go back and listen to any of our shows, and within the first 15 minutes of the show, there's a writing prompt and a writing exercise on there. All right, so if you can't think of anything, jump on one of the archives and just grab yourself a prompt. All right, now I'm going to give you your exercise first. All right, and exercises are meant to, it's different than a prompt. A prompt is planting a seed to create a poem. And an exercise is where you roll up your sleeves and you get messy with your muses. Okay, it's, not, it's, it's where you, you're sweating it out. You're just writing, writing for writing's sake, which is important because you have to hone your skills. So exercises are honing your skills. So this week the exercise is actually going to be pretty easy. And that is, if you did not listen to the workshop yesterday, that is your exercise for this week, is go listen to that workshop and write the poem at the end after you follow the workshop. Okay? You will love it, I promise. So I am going to give out the link into the chat room, which is open, by the way, if you want to join us in the chat room. And I am going to post it again on my page after the show. If you don't have it or don't see it and you want to shoot me a message, once again, Nyla Alicia. N-Y-L-A-A-L-I-S-I-A on Facebook. Shoot me a message and I can send you over the link for that show. Alrighty. So that's your exercise for the week. For your title prompt, it's just the word spooky because it's spooky month. So spooky. And a, a prompt is like a, a planting a seed, like I said, blowing your dandelion fluffs into the wind. Where it, Where it lands, how it takes root, what it grows into, you know, that's out of my control once it once it leaves. So this can be the title to your poem. It can be a line in your poem. It can be the general concept of your poem. Um, you can think of the word spooky, and it makes you think about spiders, and you write a poem, poem about spiders because of the word spooky and just wherever it goes, all right? So just have fun with that. That's your prompt for this week. Now, we always start and end every episode with an audio track. We try to play as many as we can in the middle, depending on how our caller lineup looks. So if you are a recording artist and you would like to have your uh, track added to the show's library, or if you just have anything recorded, if you haven't recorded, I highly recommend you do th- doing that. All you need is a, like the WordPad, or a, excuse me, um, not WordPad, WavePad, uh, free download from CNET, and uh a headphone with a mic in your computer, and you can record and do your poetry that way. It's a lot of fun, very easy to do. And it really kind of changes you as a writer. I can't explain it until you try it. Just try it. So the track in shoot, oh, email. i got to give you the email. So, yeah, email me the uh, the MP3 file. The email address is the, the word does in there, thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com. All righty and put MP3, audio track, something like that, in the title, the subject line, so that it kind of stands out for me. We'll get those uploaded and play. Now, because this is getting closer to Halloween time, and 
spookiness and October is all fun like that, I decided that tonight I'm going to play a piece by my favorite dark poet, everybody's favorite dark poet probably, and that's Edgar Allan Poe. And I actually, we did a birthday party for him one year night, so I have some of these on the in the library and I was scrolling through and thinking, hmm, what am I going to play tonight? And I saw that and it's like, yeah. So here's our first official, besides Robbie read one last week, but our first official dark poem for the month of October. Getting closer to a spooky day. And this is The Sleeper. It's the one that I'm going to play. It's called The Sleeper by Edgar Allan Poe. And we'll be right back, guys. At midnight in the month of June, I stand beneath the mystic moon. An opiate vapor, dewy, dim, exhales from out her golden rim, and softly dripping drop by drop upon the quiet mountain top, steals drowsily and musically into the universal valley. The rosemary nods upon the grave, the lily lolls upon the wave, wrapping the fog about its breast, the ruin molders into rest. Looking like Lethe, see, the lake a conscious slumber seems to take, and would not for the world awake. All beauty sleeps, and lo, where lies her casement open to the skies, Irene with her destinies. O lady bright, can it be right, this window open to the night, The wanton airs from the treetop, laughingly through the lattice drop, The bodiless airs, a wizard rout, Flit through thy chamber, in and out, and wave the curtain canopy, So fitfully, so fearfully. Above the closed and fringed lid, neath which thy slumbering soul lies hid, That o'er the floor and down the wall, like ghosts the shadows rise and fall. O lady dear, hast thou no fear? Why, and what art thou dreaming here? Sure thou art come o'er far-off seas, a wonder to these garden trees. Strange is thy pallor, strange thy dress, strange above all thy length of tress, And this all-solemn silentness. The lady sleeps, O oh, may her sleep which is enduring so be deep. Heaven have her in its sacred keep. This chamber changed for one more holy, this bed for one more melancholy. I pray to God that she may lie forever with unopened eye, while the dim-sheeted ghosts go by. My love, she sleeps, O oh, may her sleep as it is lasting so be deep. Soft may the worms about her creep, Far in the forest dim and old, For her may some tall vault unfold, Some vault that oft hath flung its black And winged panels fluttering back, Triumphant o'er the crested palls Of her grand family funerals, Some sepulchre remote alone, Against whose portal she hath thrown, In childhood many an idle stone. Some tomb, from out whose sounding door She ne'er shall force an echo more, Thrilling to think, poor child of sin, It was the dead who groaned within. That was the piece called The Sleeper by Edgar Allan Poe, and George, I am not sure who the reader is. All right, that was brought in to us for the uh, for the Poe Day, and they didn't give me the reader name. It just has the title of the poem. 
so I'm not sure who that is. All right, guys, what comes next? I want to give you the number once again. Like I said, if you'd like to call in and read, you can call 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. All We do take callers that in the order that you call in, such as area code 989 is our first caller tonight. So listen for your telephone area code. When I bring you on, all right, make sure that you introduce yourself. That's really important. You always want to have your name attached to your work so that it's not out there floating around in the in the universe with it fly down and just that's not good. Uh so make sure that you tell us who you are. You also want to let everyone know who's reading. All right. So it's important so they can come over and visit with you. So make sure you introduce yourself. Then you right now, let me take a look at the board. Um, all right, we kind of got a pretty good lineup here. So I'm going to start you off reading one normal poem or two very short poems. And you know what I mean, so don't don't be pushing that envelope. <laughs> um, so one normal poem or a couple short poems, depending on what you want to read. Now, there is an exception to this rule, to the one poem rule, when we have full lines like this. If I've given you homework or the writing prompts that I give out, or a writing exercise, or you listen to the workshop and you wrote a poem to it. All right? Anything that is a prompt from this show. If you do that and bring it with you, then you can read your homework, exercise, title, prompt, workshop, poem, homework, whatever it is, and your normal poem that you would read. All right? So you can read one poem unless you bring your homework with you, and then you can read two, as long as one of them is your homework. All right? So that's what we're doing right now. So one normal poem, two short poems if you want. And then make sure that when you are done reading, you give out your URL. Let people know how they can find you so that they can visit, like I said, and get to know you and your work better. Now, we do have an adult rating, you guys. So that means you're bound to hear just about anything on this show, with the exception of hardcore erotica. Um, we don't do the adult word porn here. There's some great shows for that, by the way. If you and you know that that erotic poetry, the highest paying genre of poetry is erotic poetry. They actually make money. They can actually make a living doing this. You know that craziness. So anyway, just because we have the adult rating. Anything goes with the exception of hardcore erotica. No bumping body parts, no tab A into slot B. Other than that, you're good to go. So let's go ahead and give our first three callers so you kind of have a heads up if you're coming up fairly quickly. Like I said, our first caller, oh, let me slip back up there down at the bottom. We have 989. That will be our first caller tonight. Then we have 910 and 419. All right. So let's go ahead and bring on. 989. 989, you're on the air. Hello, it's George Wiley. How are you? I am doing absolutely wonderful. How are you, sweetheart? Great. I had How'd a you get first to today? I don't know. I called in early. And um, <laughs> I, I'm, I read it a quarter to eight or something like that. Quarter to eight our time here in Michigan. And uh, somehow I got first. Um, that's cool. Um, the um, I was going to tell you that um, I uh, 
listened to the replay last night of that workshop that Stan and I worked with you on, and it mm-hmm. was fun. It was fun. That was actually the second or third time I listened to it, you know, because of and because it's been in the archive there, and uh, I uh, I had more fun laughing at it the third time than I did the first time. But <laughs> anyway, uh, we did. You know, it's, it would be really fun for people to uh, listen to that. Um, before the edit. Oh, yeah, with all our remarks and stuff and goofing off. It's like, oh, shit, I messed up on that. All right, all right, it's okay. I'm going to edit this later. Yeah, and it's really funny, too, because when I put it on, I was panicking because I was gone. I wasn't here that Thursday when we first played that. And and so I'm sitting there, and it's like, uh, um. I really hope I uploaded the right version. <laughs> that would have been great. Like, yeah, that was great. Oh, that was fun. Um, this poem I'm going to read tonight is one of my first that I wrote. It was I just started writing poetry in uh, mid-2016, two years ago. So, I mean, I had written a poem here, a poem there, you know, college or something. and uh, But never... Not into, like now, and um, so this is a little rough, but it was um, it's called When Our Wings Fall Off, and I don't think I ever read it here. I hope I did. If I did, it was When Our Wings Fall Off. By the way, I'm going to interrupt now. When I'm in my phone here, is it too loud or too soft, or is it about right? You sound great. Okay, I just I always want mean to ask them. Okay, here I am. Someone said if they must face their own last day on earth, they'd wish to die while doing something they love the best. Someone else said their best demise would be while having sex. Another claimed a sunset's glow might start her eternal rest. My brother Don, a man of flight, had piloted his whole career. From B-52s to F-4As, aerobatic flings. He'd fought aloft in wartime and stayed aloft in peace. For me, I've not decided which painful last breath to take. It could be watching sunsets or seeing grandkids thrive. But reality statistics say I'll go with the drool and sleep or in a stroke cause fall or decrepit heart's last beat. But Brother Don, one day, after five decades of flying high, was in his stunt plane soaring blue upon a Texas sky. When suddenly a wing fell off, he plummeted. There was no time for plans. Without regrets, it ended. Don died doing what he loved the most. Well known in aviation circles, his eulogy was read by an astronaut. His family grieved, the crowd was huge, war hero late to rest. And as we friends and brothers, eyes glistening, held each other up, each other's glance, and knew this ending was the best. As kids, we know we'll never die, and some of us survive a war. But later on, our wisdom finds no real detour from death. And once resigned to inevitable demise, we blink and then create the hope and in some way, real dignity will hold our hand. 
and his finer dream orgasmic ends or denouement in glory. But we should treat our lives as one long flight, staying high over the clouds of woe. And the one sure way to have peace that day is to cherish life and love and love and love some more. So when one day our wings fall off, most likely not in glory, we pray someone might just stand up and clear their throat and with some heartfelt anecdotes reward us with our own story. End of poem. That was awesome. You know, it's really funny because there was a lady here in Oregon who was hiking up, hiking up on Mount Hood who recently was attacked by a cougar oh. and ended up dying. It was her first death uh, yeah. from a cougar attack in a long time, or first time actually from a wild cougar. There was one down at the uh, cougar refuge, but not from a wild cougar. And I really, and you're reading that, you're reading that poem, and it's make it. It made me think about something that I thought about ever since I heard that story. You know, first thing they did, of course, is they ran out there and started killing all the cougars and ma- trying to match the right. DNA with the one that attacked her. Well, which kind of pisses me off because she's up in the mountains hiking alone. All right, and she's just a little bitty thing, and she's up in the high country, you know, and she's an experienced hiker, you know, so she's not doing stupid stuff. The attack, when the cougar attacked her, you know, everyone's just freaking out because it was attacked by a cougar. The only time a cougar will ever attack is if it's cornered or surprised. Otherwise, it will stay the heck away from you. All right? Unless you're a yeah. jogger in Boulder and you're carrying bacon in your pocket. All right? right? Boulder, Colorado. There's lots of they, yeah. yeah. The thing to see the thing is is what people don't understand is they get they get attacked because they're running. Running means prey. Mm-hmm. If you're running, you're prey. So that's why the joggers get attacked. So anyway, um, she she didn't get it. She had to have surprised him, or something like that, because he attacked her, but he didn't bite her. He didn't eat her. He wasn't nomming on her. Okay, she wasn't a Dorito, but she was cut. Yeah. She got attacked, and was alive, and was trying to hike out and succumb to her wounds. Is what actually happened, you know. Which means they should be mm-hmm. leaving those cougars alone. We're in their backyard up there, you know. Yeah. So. You're reading your poem, and I'm thinking, you know, I don't want to be in a beige hallway drooling down my chin, waiting for the kids to come visit me, and I'm calling them all Charlie because that's the only person I can remember, and I don't even know who Charlie mm-hmm. is, right? Right. I don't want that to happen. I would rather do everything that I wanted to do, and then when the time comes, sneak out of the house and go up into the mountains and have a cougar attack me. <laughs> Sure. You know, what you're talking about the pilot, the the wing fell off. Because after I've done everything I want to do, right. you know, I don't want to go out drooling either. I would rather go out with a story. I would rather, you know, my great-grandkids sing, yeah, and, and this is Grandma Nyla, and she was hiking through the forest at 97 years old and got attacked by a cougar. Okay, she dragged it up there with her, and she rolled around in, in bacon grease, but she was still attacked by a cougar. <laughs> You know, so there, there's there's just some some romance in that idea, in the thought of that. Yeah. You know, going out in this this horribly dramatically dreadful way, but you're leaving a story. You know, <laughs> so I loved your poem, by the way. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Thank you. I I was glad to read it, and I hadn't read it in a long time. 
and uh, uh, I couldn't, I did, could not recall if I had read it here, and I, if I did, it was way back when it first came on here. So anyway, glad, um, thank you very much for the compliments, and I will move on and let the next person read. Don't you have a poem from the workshop? You you hosted the workshop oh, with us, don't you? Have- I did do the workshop, but I haven't got it written yet. And I was, I told you I was going to write one during the workshop there, but I didn't get it written. So uh, I'm sorry, I don't have a second one. Or at least I don't have a second. I have a second one, but it's it's not it's not part of the assignment. You're not so, ready to uh, share with the world. I, pardon? Pardon? Don't ask me a question right when I take a drink. You about choked myself. <laughs> You're supposed to be attuned to my habits there. <laughs> Yes, right. You, 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 I asked you the question. I thought, okay, now he's going to answer so I can take a drink, but you were too quick and I'm trying to talk and not spit pee all over my keyboard. Right. Okay, so if you happen to be sitting there and writing that while you're listening tonight, uh, you're welcome to call back in and share with us okay. again. All right, baby? Great. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you later. All right, hon. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye, sweetie. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 910. 910, you're on the air. Or not. How about now? 910, are you with me? Hi. Hey, Nyla. Hi. <laughs> hey, can you, can you, like, put me off for, like, 15 or 20 minutes? Would that be cool? I can do that. Just, yeah. yeah well, yeah. I'm right in the middle of dinner. Well, only if you share. Only if I share? Well, I got no mushroom pizza, and you know how that is. All those mushrooms, all those mm. hallucinogenic types. I'll be floating by the time you get me back on air, believe me. <laughs> all right, yeah, I'll so have to just, tell you uh, my magic mushroom story sometime. Yeah, well, you can tell me the, when, when I come back online, all right, when I come back on air. All right, sweetheart. We'll talk to you in a bit. All right. Bye. All right, bye. All right. Let's go ahead and grab our next caller, and that is area code 419. 419, you're on the air. Good evening, Nyla. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you, sweetheart? I'm doing good. This is Agent 419 calling for duty. (laughs) (laughs) I Based almost said week. that, but then I'm thinking, you know, do I trust my memory enough to know for sure that this is her? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I know. I I remembered. <laughs> but she, did you me, listen to the workshop? Good. No, but um, I when you invited me to that yesterday, I felt so bad because um, I actually joined a dance class, so I was engaged. Otherwise, I would have. But um, I'm hoping that tomorrow I have time. I don't have a computer at home, but at my job, when things are okay, I think I might have time to check it out. And I would like don't to do that. Don't ever feel bad. I really, honestly, you guys, I do not expect you to drop whatever you're doing when I snap my fingers and be at my beck and – I don't want you to be my beck and call <laughs> poet, you know? That's not what but I, I like, expect. But I, I like know that you have the vibes. option to go back. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's there's the archives. It's okay to live your life. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes when I snap my fingers, you come pronto. <laughs> no, that's, that's funny. Never uh-huh. But you know what I'm saying? It's it's fine. You don't have to apologize for that. <laughs> yeah, but I would like, I'd like to dance class. That's amazing. 
Say what? I said, especially taking a dance class. That's amazing. What kind of dance are you doing? Oh, my God. It's belly dancing. I used to do that before Did I broke Did you? It's fun. I find it fun. Um, except for last week and this week, I fell off of my pedal bike. I have to say pedal bike because when I said bike, the lady at the bank thought I was talking about a motorcycle. <laughs> and I fell uh, twice and crashed and burned. And the last time, I kind of cracked my head on the concrete. So it felt really wonderful. So I'm trying to keep pace with still you know, doing the fluidity of the movements and stuff. So. Are you doing traditional belly dance or tribal? Uh, uh, she, I think she's a tribal teacher, but I think some of the stuff that she's doing now, since I just joined, I've only been there three times. I think this is just the basic right now. And then basic, it goes advanced yeah. as you, yes, yes. Yep. Yeah, I used to do <laughs> tribal belly dancing. It was so much fun. So when you're ready for your first costume, let me know, and I'll create your first belly dance costume for you. Oh, nice. Do you sew and all that stuff? <laughs> Do I what? I don't know how. Do you sew? Make them? Girl, how long have you we been make... friends? Uh, I didn't know enough for you to sew costumes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll 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 share that with you later. But, okay. Yeah. Right, I, I don't I don't show. want to do it for a living. <laughs> I I don't want to do it for a living. So it's just something fun on the side. <laughs> In fact, nobody will probably ever see me belly dance. Just so you all know. <laughs> Sorry, I had to say that. <laughs> Crazy girl. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if other people know me besides 419, so should I disclose who I am? You probably should. <laughs> I'm Shelly Gambino. Um, uh, the piece that I chose tonight, I, it's going to be called uh, Premise Poetry. Uh, so I wrote it with a certain premise with a promise that one day I might be able to edit it and finish it. <laughs> uh it's called In Choosing You, I Flower Us. And it's just a premise of an idea that I went with. Um, Tonight, an overwhelming sadness falls upon my heart. I find myself so torn with the awakening of my reality closing in. The love I give from deep inside myself is not just temporary. Rather, it manifested on a grander scale when it comes to you. My love is more grand than I could ever have even imagined. Borderline obsession, where I'm obsessed with how you treat me, obsessed with the way you look at me, obsessed with your smile, obsessed truly in wanting to get used to that lifestyle. You are as amazing as tiptoeing through a valley of tulips and roses, where my mouth urgently awaits your two lips, oh, and your embrace, let alone your kiss. But the roses, oh, just how much they remind Life is full of pricks. Time to weed my garden. Let the selection process begin. Where or where do I want to start? Flirtation ferments the beginning. Full-blown attraction takes root. Initially, you want the growth to last forever. Over time, wanting your love to grow. You water your love with kindness, as gently and soft as the moonlight glow. Intimacy feeds stronger the more and more you tiptoe. Plucking out the rubbish to let your stem get big and strong, sunlight feeds your petals with the brilliance of day. I have an idea, grandiose at that. I love you and long for you to remain a part of my garden, to be forever true. I am glad we planted that seed together, now to sit back hand in hand and watch the flowers of us grow. And home. 
I absolutely love, I don't know if it was your intention in that piece, Shelley, but I love how you used references where things were separate but still together. You know, yeah. like you're you're both in the garden. You're both separate things in the garden, but you are what makes the garden. And I can't remember oh. what the other, there was another reference you used. Oh, I can't remember it because it just totally went um, but there was another <laughs> reference he used, a couple of them, which, you know, talks about um, still being your own identity but being part of a whole. And and mm. I just I just really loved I, I I love the way I love the message in that if if you if people hear it, if they understand what they're they're listening to as far as the concept of the relationship and the type of relationship you were describing. I thought it was beautiful. Oh, well, thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate You're it. You're very welcome. <laughs> very welcome. And and you are next week on the show, correct? Yeah, what's next my, week? Well, closer to Halloween, my goal is to find my Halloween poem that I wrote years and years ago that I really like, and it's this time of year, so I want to try to dig it out so I can read it on your show. <laughs> <laughs> it's about being stuck in the, one of those crazy mazes, you know, and I'm claustrophobic. <laughs> so. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I kind of want to, I'll have, my goal is to find it before next week so I can read that on your show. <laughs> I have put, some homework for you. in the title. Uh-oh, Okay. Let me get my pen out. Right. I have a notebook here, and I read it. <laughs> what is that? All right. So I want you to think of all of the people in your past life, or in your life, past, okay. in, 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 your, in your past, all the people you've known, all the way from, you know, it could be when you were a little tiny kid, your best friend in kindergarten, you know, to now, and any relationship with them or someone you just passed on the street that caught your eye, okay? Mm. And I want you to write a Halloween poem about you, okay going up and knocking on their door trick-or-treating. <laughs> okay. Okay, and I want you, to, in the poem, I want you to talk about, you know, so why are you there on, why are you there trick-or-treating at their door? Why are you wearing the costume that you're wearing? You know, blah, blah, blah. Take it wherever you want, but I think you can have, that just came to my brain and now it's yours. Okay. I, <laughs> I wrote that down, so definitely that will be a challenge for the week, that's for sure. <laughs> Uh, I will do that. Can you and, yeah, imagine if, if we could dress time. up, dress up in any costume we wanted, and trick or treat it, go knock on anyone's door from our past? Why would we do that? Who would we go see? What would we do? Yeah, but and then you would probably wear different costumes for different people, I would think. Yeah, yeah. Kind of right. If it was an ex lover, mm-hmm. you could go with like the knife in your heart because they stabbed you with it. <laughs> like I don't know. <laughs> Just an idea. <laughs> I, I, my, don't always, my, I don't know if I can say mine on the air, so Uh-oh. we'll just leave Ooh. it at that. That's funny. <laughs> I'll try not to. Um, um, oh, yeah. Oh, I'm uh, showing uh, up in black leather, and I am so not going to be nice, even in any fathom of the word. <laughs> um, just briefly, Nyla, you said that there was money in eroticism. I wrote two erotic poems, and I really, really like them, and I don't know who to share them with. Do you have any ideas? <laughs> You know what? Oh, I can get you. I will try to find you some links. But yeah, the the especially from women writers, they pay a lot of money. Uh, <laughs> these these journals and you know even the online websites journals, and and beautiful, beautifully written, amazing. I mean, I write erotica. I don't know if mm-hmm. uh, maybe if you remind me later, I'll play one of my erotica pieces for you. But I write erotica, and 
ones that I can actually play on the show. There's nothing wrong no. with erotica. Erotica to me is what I consider a mind fuck, okay? It's that mm-hmm. edge. It's like pushing someone right to that edge where their brain is spinning, their lips are numb, their toes are tingling, and they can't exhale. Place, that, that moment before the spill over the edge and holding them there. That to me is yeah. what erotica is. It's in the brain, all right? The spill over the edge, that's when you get the bumping body parts. That's when you get tab A into, you know, slot B. The worst one I ever heard was this guy, oh, it was a horrible line. I'm sorry if you wrote this line, guys, um, but it was <laughs> lava flowing from her cavern. There is ah. no way ever that it's correct to, to, to compare that to a cavern, Okay. Well, I don't think it flows. Doesn't it just kind of spew? Oh, I'm just kidding. Just stop, Shelly. Oh, my God. I did not just say that. I did not just. Oh, my God. Okay. I'm so sorry. Okay. We're on the air. Oh, my so, God. But, you know, okay. It's just, I get it. But, yeah, I'll, I, the long story short, we're, we're gonna, I'm going to stop as well. We're ahead because there was a single one uh-huh. they ever shut up. Um, yeah, I'll find the link for some erotica journals and send that to you, and you can check them out. Maybe yeah, when we'll I thought I'll stop on erotica. Yeah, I'll send you the piece that I wrote because I said the first one I ever I only did two. The first one that I did, I threw humor in it and I think you'd really get a kick out of it. So maybe I'll just inbox it to you and you can tell me what you think. Okay. I'd appreciate your opinion. If you're hanging your out for the it. show if you're hanging out for the show, I think it's slow later. Um I will I will play it for you later if we play another track. Or maybe I'll end okay. the show with it. Okay. Sounds good. And you can you can see that because there's no it's erotica, but there's no it's not word porn, what I consider word porn. All right, we'll talk to you in a little while. Gotcha. Tell everyone how to find you. Uh, Shelly Gambino, I'm on Facebook. I also have my own um, page called Poetical Intrigue, and that's where I strictly put my thoughts of the day or my poetry. You can find all my crazy stuff on there. Um, <laughs> and I'm on SoundCloud as well. Shelly Gambino, I'm the girl in the red dress in a tree. All right, <laughs> we will uh, talk with you later. <laughs> All right, Shelly, love you, hon. Thank you so much. Great job tonight. Love you, too, and thank you very much. Thank you. Bye. You're welcome. All right, so our next three callers come from area code 903-216-779. All right, so those are our next three callers. So, 903, you are on the air. Hello, Nyla. This is Eric Nelson, Manly Shellman. How are you doing? Hey, baby. I was just thinking about you today. Oh, thank you. And I, 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 well, you might want to make sure it was something good first. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> and of course it is. I was just, I was thinking about because I ran, I ran the workshop on uh, yesterday for everybody, and mm-hmm. because the first time we ran it, it wouldn't let me promote it, but you found it and you listened to it, and uh, did your yep. homework, and I could, wouldn't let you read it last week. But I was thinking about, I mean, you are such a unique niche poet. All right, and has such a fantastic style of writing. But you just have like this, 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 honey badger. I don't give a shit. I'm just gonna have fun and write something. Every time I've given you homework, which is completely out of your comfort zone, because I really try to push you. I try to push you out of your comfort zone a lot because I'm just mean yeah. that way or fun that way, whichever way you want to look at it. Okay, yeah. but you always, you just always walk up and accept the challenge without even batting it. I mean, there wasn't even one bead of sweat. And when I found out that you listened to the entire workshop and you did the homework and all that, I was so excited. I mean, I couldn't even, and I was thinking about that today because I ran it yesterday, and I knew that you were going to read your piece for it tonight, 
which you get to read too mm-hmm. because you brought your homework. Um, right. But it just it made me very proud of you and made me feel all warm and fuzzy. And I just wanted to hug you and tell you that I think you're just an awesome guy. And I'm really glad you're part of our community here. Well, thank you so much. Uh, I do got some bad news. Uh, supposedly there was a mass hacking on Facebook, and I got hacked and deleted. And I created a new mm-hmm. profile, and it got disabled. And I just created another new profile and just got dis- disabled too. So I'm not on Facebook. I'm still posting my poems on my blog page for now. Just, you need to go uh, in and change the ha- do on your server, on your Internet server, and change your IP because that's how it's tracking a new account being made. And then you can't use the same email. You have to use a, full, a whole new email to create the account. I use the new uh, phone number and a new password too, but I don't know if something is up <laughs> With that, I'm using it all on my phone. Maybe that's my problem. I don't know, yeah, I don't know how to be. change my yeah. IP address. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So maybe once I get once I get Wi-Fi here at my apartment, since I just use uh, 4G or 3G, whatever, whatever I have. So, well, I'm glad that you, you pushed me to the limit. Then, right? You can still use Messenger. Yeah. Uh yes and no, but yes, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Because it got blocked too, but I know how to make a new one. So without having a profile, I've done it before. So it's not the first time I've been hacked. It's just crazy getting back though. So all right. Well, thank you so much for uh, having me, and thank you so much for pushing me to my limits of you know my uh, unruliness and turning into ruliness, I guess. But so that's it. Anyways, I have. Uh, I actually wrote four poems. For homework, and I wrote two. I wrote four IMs, and I wrote two URs. So I was just going to read two. If that's cool. I'll read mm-hmm, one IM, and I'll read First one of all, UR. How did you like the workshop? Tell us a little bit about what it was like listening to the workshop, and then read us the poems you wrote. All right. Well, it was very different. Uh, it was really cool. Uh, so, so Nyla gave us a a list of, I believe, thirteen questions. Or was it eight? Somewhere on there. Anyway, she gave us a list of questions to write down, and then we wrote down the answers. And that was pretty cool. Uh, George and Stan talked, uh, and they they contributed as well. They're part of the workshop. And uh, Nyla played songs whenever we had our brainstorming. And so we, when we answered our questions, we answered with as many thoughts as we could it wasn't so much line we weren't writing lines well i guess some people were <laughs> i wasn't writing lines i was writing down words but uh and it was very lifty because the course was correct but uh anyway that was pretty cool it was different than how i write i don't know hey eric wiggle your way. phone or something we're getting a lot of static from you right now okay is that better I static. What's going on? I don't know. I got my headphones in with the with the microphone in it. All right, hang on a second. Let's just read. Let's just put. Hang on. Is that better? Can you hear me um, now? You're a little bit lower, but the static's gone. Okay. Well, I'm on speaker now, so. All right. I'll just have to hold my phone in my mouth. <laughs> it's stupid. But uh anyways, it was pretty cool, it was pretty fun. Uh 
So she gave us questions. We did answers one by one, and we had songs that were about three to five minutes long. And, and then during that time, we brainstormed our answers. And then uh, once we got, once we had all our answers ready, and then we got to pick, and we had to write a poem beginning with I am. I am. And uh, we were breaking the I am rule. You're not supposed to start a poem with I am, which I didn't even know was a rule. Because <laughs> I already have an I am poem <laughs> that I did on my own. But uh, anyways, uh, so so we did that. And once we had our poem, then uh, we did... I think we did four the first time, and then we did four another time. Or no, we did two, I think, and then two. And then we did the UR. We did two URs. And I just took some to the extreme. So, and I just decided to do different ones. But it's all good, though. Is that good enough? That's perfect. All right. All right, hang on a second. All right, I'm charging my phone, too. I got Okay. All right. <laughs> Alrighty, so this is the first one. I am is the title. I am my mind's bullshit. I am my mind's imagination. My mind's insanity, I am. My mind's spontaneity, I am. SNP. <laughs> awesome. All right. Do you have all four of them there? They're so short. You can read for all four of them if you want real fast. Just go ahead. Just don't stop after okay. them. Just go ahead and read through them. Okay. Well, I got four IMs and two URs. So, okay. That's cool. Yeah, they're. We'll read four. Short, so. Do four. Okay. I'll read okay. two IMs and I'll read two URs. All right. All right. Okay. I am. I am something. I am nothing. Neither something nor nothing I am. Non-existent I am. Wow. And hang on. Let me, get, okay. let me get there. You are. You are my mind's creativity. You are my mind's bullshit. My mind's insanity. You are my mind's spontaneity. You are. You are my mind's imagination. You are my mind's euphoria. You are nature's beauty. You are nature's peacefulness, nature's spontaneity, you are, nature's mysteries, you are, you are, nature's reincarnation, nature's death, you are. That's the end piece to all, all four of them. When you got into the whole nature stuff and you are my spontaneity, I, I went, went straight back to some reason thinking about the magic mushrooms again. Uh-oh, there you go. <laughs> well, the last the last two URs is uh, well, it's it's based on it. Well, I, I guess you could take it however you want. It was a writing exercise, but I I would say they were written for they were written as a person, uh, as a person writing about a person. I guess you could say that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you could take it however you want. Drug addiction. Whatever I mean, it just made it just made it because it sounded kind of it just had that that fantasy feel to it. I mean, I was just I was thinking about the caterpillar in Alice in Wonderland sitting there with his hookah pipe, and you know, anytime I hear create the word creativity, for some reason, it's a trigger for that image. Yeah, yeah, okay, all right. 
you? Tell everyone how to find you, baby. Tell them who are you and how to find you. All right. Well, this is Eric Nelson Manley Shellman. Uh, like I said, I got hacked and deleted, so I'm trying to work on that on Facebook. But uh, you can find me on YouTube. It's Eric Nelson Manley Shellman. You can find me on Palm Hunter. It's Eric Nelson Manley Shellman. Uh, you can find me on my blog. And hang on a second. I got my blog somewhere. Oh, where? Where I wrote it down at. Oh, I had it. Hang on, I got it. Hang on. You're okay. Didn't have. Hang on. All right, here we go. Oh, here we are. All right. So this is my personal blog. It's actually on uh, Google Plus, and it's on. It's uncensored. I, I, I deleted one of my poems because I didn't want to get in trouble. But uh, they don't. As far as I know, they don't censor nothing. They haven't censored me yet, so that's good. But uh. Anyways, this is, uh, Except for that you got deleted. Is... Oh, no, it's well, Facebook. Oh, yeah. Okay, you're good. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Go I'm ahead. Facebook, Go ahead. Anyways, it's uh, HTTPS uh, colon slash slash lowercase e r i c and it's uh, S-H-E-L-M-A-N dot blogspot dot com. Find me for now, and I'm gonna stick around. Awesome. I got a poem. It's, it's a little long. Uh, it's called "A Witchy Witch," and about and 65 people or 69 people have I have uh, viewed it on my on my blog. I got a little eye thing on there, and they just came with the blog. It's kind of cool, but it it keeps an eye it keeps an eye on your on your views, and. Uh, so that's pretty cool and it's pretty funny, um, and it's of course Halloweeny. So I've been working on lots of Halloween. I've written about four or five already. So and it's it is. Uh, I'll just wait until the end so you can look for the rest, and I won't take up too much time. So <laughs> thanks again so much. I, I really do appreciate the platform, and uh, I like that you know that we can say pretty much whatever we want to here. Uh. And you know I'm 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 live in a very small town of nothing, and they're hardcore conservative Christians, and they gotten to the point where they're pissing me off. It's like they're being preachy in their open mic. Like I got to listen to the oration of the theologian from fourth century Rome, and it was about the Trinity and how it was real, and I was like, what the what the hell am I doing here, you know? <laughs> All right, so what Eric. What for? Anyways, yeah, I could talk to you to death. So, anyways, yeah. So, I really do appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, maybe one day, if I have time, maybe we could do one, or I could do one why, you know, why I'm so unique and why I try to be the way I am. So That would be cool. In my post. Yeah. Very cool. All right, Eric, appreciate it, me. sweetie. And we will talk to you next week or later on if we can. I'm going to be, yeah, and I'm going to hang in, I'm going to be hanging on until the end too. Okay. All right, sweetheart. Thank you so much, baby. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. All right. All right. Bye-bye. I'm going to flip this. Our next caller comes from 779779. You're on the air. Nyla. (laughs) It's Jessica. Yes. 
did you recognize me or did you have to guess for like 20 minutes? What's that? I said, did you recognize me or did you have to guess for like 20 minutes? No, I didn't have to guess. What you doing, sweetheart? Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so can you hear me okay? Because I'm on Bluetooth. I don't know if you can hear me. I can hear you perfectly well. Wonderful. I have two short pieces. One's new, one's old, and then I have one that I really want to read that's old. Okay. Can I? What's that, honey? Okay. I was asking if I could. I wasn't sure if I was allowed. Oh, you can read two, yeah. It's been, it's been so long. long. I wasn't sure. I should have seen I'm getting it. It's coming. Hold on. I'm on my phone. Thanks. My heart breaks. My heart beats. My heart attacks. It all comes down to pain, washing through us like soap and crispy, weak old jeans, not knowing at first that when it's all over, we see the blue denim like morning sky and the stains have disappeared, no clouds of dust to rub deeper, and suddenly we miss the aches and bruises. Suddenly they were important, but we washed them all away. Time to go out and play. And that's end poem? Yes, that is the end of that poem. <laughs> I yeah. love that. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to read the well, old one, and then I'm going to read my brand new one. The old one's called In Absence of Light. Like the Titanic, I never saw it coming. This medicine, like the night sky, misleading. Masking, pulling me down in a silent cry. Like the iceberg, my thoughts are creeping up to me, harmless at a distance, but magnified retrospect proves me wrong with persistence. Don't be the person who walked away from. Don't be the person you walked away from. Don't absorb the aches their waves threw at you when they were done. Looking over cobwebs that shrouded colorless cardboard. Witnessing the death of memories as they hang themselves from dying melodic chords. Take a breath in a room without dust, and you forget that easy breathing doesn't rust. And understanding that pain is not as optional as we thought. Hearing the secrets that shouldn't be spoken of. And remember that words are like acid. Clear in the distance like mirrors in the existence. But I take a step back because I burn through plastic. And poem. Wow. You know, you are a very, for someone who has shared some of the same life experiences as you're, you're going through, your Writing is very transparent. I don't know if you know that. Things you'll write oh, I about do it on things, <laughs> and I know exactly. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, just very emotional, and you can tell when you read, the emotion is there. 
you know, you talk pretty about brave that. writing. Very brave writing. So that's two. We have a limit of two right now, honey. So what I'm going to have you do is are you, are you um, what I'm going to have you do is I have like it's like five lines, Nyla. It's like five lines long. It's called silhouette. All right, go ahead. Everyone's going to kill me, but go ahead. You guys tell her no. Leave me alone. Go away. Her body forgot what it was like to feel the heat lift from his form. Her mind forgot what it was like to feel his thoughts comb through her storm. This girl is a simple silhouette, an image in his shadows, and yet she isn't silent or still. She isn't solid or shrill. She cradles the nearest memory within the walls of cobwebs and coffee, somewhere under all of the century. There quietly waits a man with protective armory. An end poem. Awesome. Great job on all three of those, sweetheart. Just amazing. Thank you. Sorry, I totally scraped and clawed a bit. (laughs) (laughs) All right, hon. Tell everyone how to find you, sweetheart. All right. You can get me at altoetry.com forward slash scarlet letter, and I really try to post everything there. Very cool. And remind everybody how old you were when you started reading here. Holy shit. Um, I was, crap, I was 15? 15? 16. She's my baby poet. And how long have you, you've been here since the beginning, right? I am 28 years old. (laughs) And she started reading on the Speakeasy Cafe when she was 15 years old. Isn't and that I crazy, you to guys? Calm me the hell down because I, you <laughs> I mean, we've literally watched her grow up. We watched her going through her teenage years. We watched her go through puberty. We watched her go through young love. We watched her go through tragedy. We watched her grow into motherhood. We've watched her poetry change and become more powerful this entire time. That's pretty amazing. We love you, sweetie. I love you too. I've missed you so much. I have a friend who has called in tonight, and he is on, trying to find it, I'm sorry, I lost it, like 4-8 something, I already lost it, crap, his name's Morgan, four, eight, zero. he is in there somewhere. So 480, we've got 734-480 and 260. You guys, none of you have your hand up. So uh, 734-480 and 260. If you guys want to come on in the air and read, press 1 on your phones. If you're just here just hanging out listening, appreciate you being here. Hope you enjoy the show. If you change your mind at any time, you can press 1. Dude, press 1. What's wrong with you? <laughs> he did. He got it. All right, Jessica, sweetheart, okay. thank you so much for reading tonight. Uh, okay. I love you. Talk to you later. Love you too. All right, baby. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. So I flipped the last two callers because Mama wanted to come on with Stan, and Stan was right after Jessica. So we're going to bring Mama on first. Mama, are you with me? Yes. Hello, baby girl. Hi. Wow. What a phenomenal show. (laughs) Thank you. I'm bringing Stan on with you. 
Yeah, I want to stay along with me. Uh, we were supposed to do, um, he has a magazine that he um, contributed a prompt for. It's an online magazine called uh, The Garden of Poetry and Prose, and this is the second time I was a guest on there, a guest writer. So uh, he's the one that provided the prompt, and I was, I was the one that responded to it. So I would like for him to do um, the original piece, and then I'll do my response to it. Okay, Stan, are you with us, honey? Yes, I am. Can you hear me? We can. So I'm going to shut up and let you guys do your thing. All righty. Well, to tell you what this is. Hey, how you doing, Mama? I'm doing really excited. So um, you're going to go first? Yeah, I was about to ask you, do you want to do yours first or do you want me to take off of this thing? I bounce off of it. Uh, they probably won't know what I'm talking about unless you do yours first. All right, then I will proceed. The prompts uh, okay. for the garden that day were exaggerate and obsess. And the piece I used for an additional prompt was one that really does show an obsessive behavior but also shows a story that was greatly exaggerated. And the piece I chose was Shel Silverstein's The Perfect High. And here it is. There once was a boy named Gimme Some Roy. He was nothing like me and you. Because laying back and getting high was all he cared to do. As a kid, he sat in the cellar, sniffing airplane glue. And then he smoked banana peels when that was the thing to do. He tried aspirin and Coca-Cola. He breathed helium on the sly. And his life became an endless search to find the perfect high. But fast just made him want to lay back and eat chocolate chip pizza all night. And the great things he wrote when he was stoned looked like shit in the morning light. Steve made him want to rap all day, read laid him too far back. Cocaine rose was sweet to his nose, but the price nearly broke his back. He tried PCP, he tried THC, but they never quite did the trick. Poppers nearly blew his heart. Mushrooms made him sick. Acid made him see the light, but he couldn't remember it long. Hash was a little too weak, and smack was a lot too strong. Hayes made him stumble. Booze just made him cry. Then he heard of a cat named Baba Fat, who knew of the perfect high. Now, Baba Fats was a hermit cat, lived high up in Nepal, high on the craggy mountaintop, up a sheer and icy wall. Well, hell, said Roy, I'm a healthy boy. I'll crawl or climb or fly. Till I find that guru who'll give me a clue as to what's the perfect high. So out and off goes give me some Roy to the land that knows no time. Up a trail no man could conquer to a cliff no man could climb. For 14 years he climbed that cliff. Back down again he'd slide. He'd sit and cry and climb some more, pursuing the perfect high. Grinding his teeth coughing blood, aching and shaking and weak. Starving and sore, bleeding and tore, he reached the mountain peak. 
and his eyes blink red like a snow-blind wolf, and he snarls the snarl of a rat. And there in repose, and wearing no clothes, sits the godlike Baba Fats. <coughs> What's happening, Fats, said Roy with joy. I've come to stake my bid. I hear your hip to the perfect trip. Please tell me what it is. For you can see, said Roy to E, I'm about to die. So for my last ride, tell me, how can I achieve the perfect time? Well, dog my cats, said Bubba Fat, another burned out soul. Who's looking for an alchemist to turn his trip to gold? It isn't in a dealer's stash or on a druggist's shelf. Son, if you would find the perfect high, find it in yourself. Why, you jive motherfucker, said Roy. I climbed through rain and sleet. I froze three fingers off my hand and four toes off my feet. I braved the lair of the polar bear. I tasted the maggot's kiss. Now you tell me the high is in myself. What kind of shit is this? My ears, before they froze off, said Roy, I've heard a lot of kinds of crap, but I didn't climb for 14 years to hear your sophomore rap, and I didn't climb up here to hear that the high is on the natch, so you tell me where the real stuff is, or I'll kill your guru ass. (laughs) Okay, okay, said Bubba Fat. You're forcing it out of me. There is a land beyond the sun that's known as Zambolese a wretched land of stone and sand where snakes and buzzards scream. And in this devil's garden blooms the mystic Suzu tree. Now once every ten years it blooms a one flower, as white as a Key West sky. And he who eats the Suzu flower shall know the perfect eye. For the rush comes on like a tidal wave, hits like a blazing sun, and the high it lasts forever, down don't never come. But Zambali land is ruled by a giant who stands 12 cubits high. And with eyes of red in his hungry head, he awaits the passerby. And you must slay the red-eyed giant and swim the river of slime, where the mucus beasts await to feast on those who journey by. And you will slay the giant and the beast and swim the slimy sea. There's a blood-drinking witch who sharpens her teeth as she guards the Zuzu tree. Well, to hell with your witches and giants, said Roy. To hell with the beasts of the sea. Why, as long as the Zuzu flower still blooms, hope still blooms for me. And with tears in his, with tears of joy in his sunburnt eyes, he slipped the guru aside and crawled back down the mountainside, pursuing the perfect high. Well, that is that, said Bubba Fat sitting back down on his stone, facing another thousand years of talking to God alone. Yes, Lord, it's always the same, men to bright-eyed youth. It's always easier to sell them some shit than it is to tell them the truth. And peace. Mm-hmm. I exactly know what you were talking about, Stanley, because I was obsessed with finding the perfect high. I've been there, done that. I tasted paste. No, didn't try glue. I think I was about two. And I gave helium a try. 
to talk like a duck. Banana peel, no, didn't appeal to my finer, finer visibility. Had no clue that I was searching for a high, but grass just made me hungry. And I had not enough food to start my ignition. But unlike him, I got good rights. At least they put me on the right track. But sniffing cocaine never sped me up because I was already zooming naturally. Some things you don't have to use to know that it won't be the perfect high. So I bypassed the chemicals and looked up, looked for a high at the herbs and roots. Not obsessed enough to try the magic mushrooms, but I guess that, of course, is if you have the exaggerated fear of jumping over the moon and never coming back. There was plenty of neighborhood gurus, so I never had to go as far as Nepal, but was sure that I wanted to be no higher than I could get with Mama Coca, the plant that gave exaggerated obsessions and kept you on a low-cal diet. Once I researched and found it was pure, pure enough to give to a baby, to deceive the child's brain from feeling hunger pains, I knew that Mama Coco was the mother of all plants. And so all who saw her felt there was no longer any use of living anywhere else. But no longer a restless seeker, I still proceed to try to find the most positive high. And that we have finally arrived at a safe and natural way of consuming this perfect high. We were sure we had found the perfect high. Oh, but my once, oh, but oh, my once reached, oh my, but once reached, we never reached the same peak. But became obsessed with try like in a circus game where you hit the ball with the hammer and ring the bell, and every try after that, you're just giving away your tickets, never again to hear those bells ring. The odds are, the odds that you are trying to beat leaves you too exhausted. That dopamine never reaches again. I'm sorry. The odds that you're trying to beat leaves you too exhausted. That dopamine, dopamine never again to peak. The perfect high had already been reached, had been achieved maybe once or twice or maybe even thrice. Years later, you find yourself still on that treadmill going nowhere, but worn and beat down from years of walking in place. After that, you are now addicted to the chase, looking profusely to get that perfect high. Out of life's necessities in the end, you even lose your closest friends and pick up those new ones like Jimmy Son Roy. Most of the endings are usually the same. Mine is no exception. There is no high more perfect than Mama Coca. But no matter how rich, even if you live, even if you're giving it for free, you can never be satisfied, so don't even try. Well, maybe we could have used it in its rightful place to pop our ears in high altitude, but then some fiend decided to free it from the base, which were exaggerated 
even your family became prey. And without AA, people died from the fray. I would say read Silverstein's, Silverstein's ending. If, if, if his poem, which I was called upon to embark, that as far as I can go back into that dark tunnel. So, Mama Ola Daisy just disconnect. Here's where my story ends, and Shel Silverstein's story began. In peace. Absolutely phenomenal, both of you. Now you guys wrote that together. Stan wrote his. Well, he's the. No, he put the. It's a magazine called The Garden of Poetry and Prose, and he was the person that gave the prompt for it. Stanley gave the prompt for it, so we had to use what he um, we had to write our pieces on. Uh, the first part of it was um, um, obsession, like he said, obsession and uh, exaggeration. Yeah, and then we had to use the poem they just read to you, The Perfect High. And so um, my other part to it was I did the part on the obsession and the bad habit, but that's the only part I was reading today was the part that um, the perfect high. And my name of my piece was called Obsessed with Finding the Perfect High because after you really are looking for the perfect high and you get it or you think you got it, you want to get it again. So the rest of the time, the rest of your life, you're obsessed with finding the perfect high again, but you you never you'll never get there again. That's the end of that. Because once you reach a certain peak, it's like that bell you hit and it rang that bell, but you never had the energy or the, uh, your dopamine would never go back to that level. So you'll never mm-hmm. get it. So the rest of it is chasing. Very and cool. All the heartache between. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. <laughs> Did you want to comment on her poem? I was kind of figuring like you guys would talk to each other about this, so I'm, I'm just well, yeah, listening. We, she she let me know about the piece that she wrote, to where she was basically doing kind of a companion piece, her perspective, off of the Shel Silverstein piece, you know, mm-hmm. how it related to her, you know. So Shel Silverstein's The Perfect High is like his like almost his opus, his classic, okay? Mm-hmm. One of my all-time, well, I know it because that's one of my all-time favorite poems. I love the the whole storyline of it, and I love the conclusion of it. And I decided to use that as, well, it's like an alternative prompt. You can either use just the two words or you can use that as a prompt, a poem, or like she did, the combination of all three. And Mama Odeji decided, okay, She's talked to me about this. We planned this ahead of time that she was going to get with you and arrange for me to read the original poem, The Perfect High, which is Shel Silverstein, and then her to give you her take on it. And I think that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, absolutely fantastic, and I'm really glad. Go ahead, Mama. Oh, if anybody wants to read it, it's, uh, it's an online poetry magazine, um, and it's the Garden of Poetry Prose is the name of it, and you can go read it there. And the other uh, contributors to that uh, to that uh, prompt as well. Very cool. All right, so Stan, did you? Now, you guys, did either of you want to read another one, or was that both of your guys' pieces together? That was both your pieces together. Well, right? I was. 
I don't know what he's going to read, but he can go ahead. I'm going to read the one um, for what I got from the um, from the um, what you did yesterday. Uh, the workshop. Yeah, from the workshop. But if there's, you know, there's a lot of people behind me. I can do it next week, and I'll let Stan go ahead and do his two pieces. You did your homework. You get to read too. That's the rules. Well, okay. Well, I did this piece, but um. I still haven't got it together, but from what I got out of the uh, workshop was just really great. And then um, I didn't know if you wanted us to include uh, the one through uh, eight different um, things that I just wanted to conclude, read the conclusion. Um, just the, read the yeah, just read the poem oh. that you wrote. Okay. At the end, I am that child who checked my mother's breathing, wondering if I may be an orphan. I am scared to be. Orphan, thinking, obsessing on all of life's wonders, that child that wants to know who I am. I am so special that God gave me extra stuff to understand, or I understand extra stuff like rocks, bugs, and breezes, and dogs, dogs that I drag home pretending that they followed me, feeling I needed that extra love for my dog. I don't know how he escaped from my basement. He must have been a spirit. Of course, he had to be a spirit. You are coming with me. Stop this mysterious game of wait and leave. How you escaped is over my head. You are there, then you disappear. You are always waiting to walk with me. Now you won't come back. You escaped from the basement. Tried to contain you. I drug you home to be only for me. You always waited for me in the cut and walked me home from school. Now you've escaped. You must be a spirit. Maybe some other child will be lucky enough, and they won't be so selfish as to keep you off of themselves. For and peace. Very, very cool, Mama. Great job on those. Did you enjoy the workshop? Yes, I did. Um, I was trying to cook and eat at the same time, so I still got to go back over. I'm going to uh, finalize this up and kind of polish it up a little bit. Very cool. I'm glad that you did it. I'm. I really am having fun hearing what you guys have written to these workshops. By the way, you know, it's like we did this, and, and people actually listened, and they actually did it, and it's so cool. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. That poor dog. I don't know what that dog was. He used to wait for me in the cut every time I come from school. He wait and he walk me home. And one day I just wanted him to. I didn't want him to leave, and I just kept him, and I locked him in the basement. And do you know when I went in that basement, that dog was gone. There was no way he could get out of that basement. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's kind of scary. So, I know, but I mean, I know, but I mean, me, I just wanted my dog. I, I used to drag him home and, and tell everybody he followed me. He ain't followed me nowhere. He could walk me home nobly and leave. No, I had to have him all to myself. So I put something around his neck and drug him, put him in the basement. <laughs> my dog. <laughs> All right. Wait a minute. She had a dog. 
She locked it in the basement. There was no way for the dog to get out. But she came back right. and was gone. Nyla, that, sound, that sounds spooky. It, it was. does sound spooky. Yeah. And he would show up every day when I'm coming from school at the same spot and walk me home. And I decided one day he's not going to leave. <laughs> you my dog. <laughs> and he probably was a spirit. I really believe that. Because my neighborhood was bad. He, he, he would wait for me every day and walk me home. He probably was going to go tend to some other children. But I uh, know my little selfish butt. No. <laughs> Or basement, you're gonna be walking me to school, be here when I get home. But anyway, let me let somebody else get on here because I get carried away with that. That is spooky. Well, Stan has to read his poem, and then um, I want you to comment on it for him. Okay. Okay, go okay. ahead, Stan. Yeah, the thing I liked best about the workshop was when you were making those lists. Like you said, the longer the list the deeper you dug for those references. And at mm-hmm. the end, you had such a great reference to the different lines and different concepts that you could use, even in this brevity, that it could actually change the entire perspective and construction of that poem. It, it was. It, it was quite a tool. It really was. And... Uh, I took on the I am and used a reference for the season to be winter and the very first snow I was ever in. And this is mine. I am in winter, first time in the snow. I am overwhelmed by the mountain vistas, serenity, and near endless space. The winds bite, the trees dance, join in me so deeply the fullness of nature, I am. I am the invisible life who exists only as tracks in the snow and mine in peace. Oh, wow. I remember you saying that about invisible life, the tracks in the snow. And I just thought that was, you think my piece was deep, but oh, spooky. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's awesome. I'm I'm reading the chat room, Stan. They love it. Um, and um, they said we are wonderful together, all kind of stuff. And so I don't know you can't read the chat room because you're not in there, but it says that it was well written, and these two are wonderful, and. This is um, that they wrote in the garden once. George says he wrote in the garden once, and it challenged his skills. And and uh, it's just a really good review. So thank you for letting me share, Nyla. I enjoyed it. Then you better learn how to get in the chat room so you can see all the love you're getting in there. <laughs> and I want to thank you, Mama, for this idea. Well, it's par for the course. Just can't, you know, got to go with the flow. That's what we came up with. So thank you again, everybody. Love it. Love you, Nyla. Love you, Stan. Love you, George. And CMKH87, whoever that is. Somebody was dog napping. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> yes, I did. 
All right, let me go because I am just having too much fun. I don't want to have anybody mean mugging me. And so I'm going <laughs> to say goodnight. All right, yeah. Mama, thank you so much. Thank you, both of you. Great job tonight. Oh, my pleasure, Nyla. And thank everybody in the chat room, and thank you, and on to the next. Did you guys both give your uh, give your links out? Nope. <laughs> well, Are you going to give your yeah. link out? Mine, mine is simple. Nyla Lisa's Speakeasy Cafe. Uh, if I can get in there early enough, you might catch me on Let's Talk About It with uh, Van Meadows on Friday nights. After that, if you don't catch me there, Friday nights you can catch me on World Poetry Open Mic. Uh, sometime Sunday, if I get a chance, you'll catch me on uh, Inspiration Factory with Paul Sampson. And on Mondays with... Uh, Delia Blaylock on uh, Poetry in the Raw. Awesome. And, oh, all right, by sweetheart. the way, all those people, all those people Nyla say, hey. <laughs> Tell them I said hey back. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much, Stan. Great job. Great job tonight. Thank you. You're very welcome. All righty. Our next caller comes from very, 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 very far away. And I mean very far away. Skype caller, are you with us? Hello. Oh, I need to bring on. Where did he go? Hey, sweetie, how are you? I'm fine, thanks. Can you, you hear me? I can hear you. I can hear you very well. Yeah, I, I've actually done a piece of homework from last week's show, um, the In the Wildness mention, and I've got the piece that I told you I was going to read uh, in memory okay. of my grandfathers as well. Okay. Uh, so I'll start with, start with the homework. <laughs> it's called With Longing the Heart Swells. And I'm sorry about that. My internet's playing up still. Um, it's called With Longing the Heart Swells. Like a blast from the past, you came, explosion scattering my pain, more forceful than a solar flow. As I find myself lost in blissful thought, gazing upon the sunlight, glistening against your fiery red hair, my smile spread wide, seemingly never-ending, trying to hold ourselves back, but to whom are we pretending? Lay beside you, feeling the porcelain skin of your cheeks against my fingertips, as I'm lost with your soul inside your eyes, my lips lusting for your kiss. This moment, I was time left for a grasp. The most precious gifts to hold in our hearts, an unforgettable embrace, from which our minds will never part. I'm lost within your wildness, captivated as for you I'd always be. But will this ever be more than just my dream? End piece. Okay, 
I have to share something very personal with you. And I hope it doesn't embarrass you. That's fine. Okay. So I want to share something with you, but I hope it doesn't embarrass you. And that is, first of all, your poem was brilliant and amazing. But I I recently started watching this series on TV called Highlander. Have you heard of it? No. It's um, kind of back in the Celtic days, you know, Renaissance and stuff. But the the uh, the lead guy in it, his voice sounds just like yours. So every time I hear you read, I'm picturing you in like this old time Celtic Scots type, not Scots, you know, just the whole the whole. <laughs> You know, that whole sexy garb stuff. So I, I really think that you should know that because I feel very guilty when I do that. But I think that if I tell you that maybe I'll feel better, you might be more awkward. And I don't care about that, but at least I feel better, right? <laughs> but yeah, so every time you read and I'm listening to you read, because of your voice, I'm picturing that that, the, that sexy costume thing. Isn't that horrible? I'm so bad. <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one. I'm sure the other girls are doing that, too. It's not just me. But beautiful poem. That's what uh, I was trying to say. Beautiful poem. <laughs> I'll continue on to the other one then. Okay. This piece is called And Then You Were Gone. I was 10 when I lost you. Funny way to explain it, eh? I lost you. But I knew just where you were. I'd felt a hole grow in my heart before I'd seen you on the floor. Clawed my way through a wall of flesh to once more see your face. But before me lay a stranger. The man I knew was now no more. Your smile faded. Your heart of gold now fell as silent as the solemn crowd. I didn't understand. How could my hero have died? I didn't know it possible to feel this pain I feel inside. And time passed by. As I grew older, a man trying to make you proud. My education in how a man should be continued by the last hero still around. I was now 22 when I lost you. This time I better understood that heroes aren't forever, just until their time is done. I am honoured that I knew you both, glad you taught me all you did. Remember, both of you. You were not alone. We stayed with you till the bitter end, knowing my heart does live your souls. To me, you both were fathers, the grandest of them all. And until the day my last breath is drawn, your memory lives on. End peace. I was so close to my grandpa, and everything that's creative and amazing about me it's because of his fingerprints left on me. I mean, he, all the things about myself that I really like all started with him. I guess it's a better way of putting it. And uh, you know, just that part of me that he touched and and had an influence on his forever. Yeah, and so I'm listening to you read your piece, and I'm thinking about that and how relatable it is. 
You know, I can't, and it's it's funny because I can't say that about my father, but I can yeah, about my grandfather. And I think it's the generations are changing. My father was a much different parent than the parent my grandfather was. You know, the it's just I think that there is slowly becoming a deeper disconnect with people because yeah. it's so easy to be social electronically and we get lost in our backlit worlds that we no longer have to communicate face to face, you know, which wasn't like that in my grandpa's time. And so they communicated different they differently. They interacted differently. You know. Um yeah, you're it almost it, made me it cry. Is changing and I'm, I'm trying now to make sure that my daughter gets everything that I didn't get when I was mm-hmm. younger so that she doesn't have to rely on grandparents. So yeah, it's yeah. it's instilled in me forever. <laughs> I have a, a poem that I wrote that's called Everything I needed to know about everything I needed to know about love I learned in my great grandmother's kitchen. And it's this this one memory I have of being in her kitchen that I wrote down, and it's everything I need to know. But, all right, great job tonight, sweetheart. Do me a favor. Tell everyone where you're from, what time it is there, and how they can find you. I'm actually from England, but I'm in Wales now. Um, It's 20 to 3 in the morning. And I can be found on Facebook under Callum Kennedy Hume. And also on Twitter at Kennedy Hume. Thank you very much for allowing me on the show. Oh, it's our pleasure. And if you get a chance, drop your link into the chat room, okay? I will do. All right, sweetheart. Appreciate you so much. So glad you're here. Thank you, baby. All right. So I'm going to grab, because I totally spaced it off, and I'll probably get yelled at. I'm going to grab 901, who I put on hold probably an hour ago. 901, you're on the air. 901. Yeah, you done eating now, babe? I am. Or 910. But, uh, 910. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we don't want to get... If I had that tattooed on, and I was a gang member, I'd probably be dead right now. Um, you know how they do that? Yes, Nyla, I'm done eating. I'm done digesting. I've shit. I'm waiting. I'm growing old. Answer, take my call. <laughs> uh, no, I was actually enjoying the show. It's really it's been a remarkable show. Uh, Thank you. You know, quite, uh, uh, how would you say, uh, some very exhaustive uh, conceptions of uh, a poetic verse, to say the least. So, um I mean, we could talk about, you know, the addiction thing and all that stuff. Um, I have a whole different prospect about that. I think that hallucinogenics are probably the best thing to finding God because God's inside of you, you know. So, but, <laughs> but that's just me, you know. Uh, now, do I... Uh, you mean God's not a flying I, spaghetti monster? I'm not a flying spaghetti monster believer. I don't believe that heroin's a good drug. I don't think cocaine is probably something that you should, you know, probably wrap your life around. Um, you know, there's there are certain boundaries that I think uh, everybody has to find for themselves. But I did enjoy um, Mama's and uh, I forget his name. Um, Stan. Their pieces on that. Yeah, Stan. Um, that was 
it was uh, quite insightful, to say the least, because a lot of people go through, you know, those kind of measurements in life, and, and um, you know, it's it's nice when you have a friend that's come out of that, and, you know, like I, I have this friend in New York City, he's coming down to uh, visit this weekend, and uh, he used to just be just a, a raging alcoholic, you know, I mean, to the point where, I mean, we were we were hoppers together. We used to hop trains together out of Asheville. And he would just get so fucking drunk that I one I didn't know from one minute to the next whether or not he was gonna get run over, picked up by the cops or whatever, but he just stopped drinking, you know. I mean just literally did it, you know, and uh, I asked him today, I said, Man, are you still sober? He said, Yeah, I'm still sober But he hasn't had a license in fourteen years, you know. And he goes, yeah, I'm coming back to North Carolina to get get my license, you know. So, and he's working on, of all things, believe this or not, the show called Moonshiners, right? <laughs> that's what made me ask him, are you still sober, you know? Uh, he goes, yeah, I'm still sober. I go, well, those are a bunch of Appalachian boys, you know. He goes, yeah, yeah, I've met a few of them, and one of them's from... Uh, uh, you know, just around the Nash the Asheville area, and I said, "Well, that's good to hear, man." But um, you know, I still like mushrooms. I still like who who's hallucinogenics. I think they open your mind, and uh, and um, I'm a firm uh, marijuana believer. You know, whether for medicinal uh, points of view or just to expand your mind. You know. Um, and um, you know, you know what's really funny is I'm allergic to pain, to pain pills, and the only pain pill that they can give me is a tramadol, and a low dose of that. And so when I just had my surgery back <laughs> a little while ago, my girlfriend comes over and brought me some medical marijuana, and said, "Here, use this for the pain. Do this right before you go to bed, and it'll help you sleep better." So I'm saying they're saying, "Okay, I can do this." And so I was standing out on my patio, and I took it as a hit off the pipe that she gave me so I could smoke my medical marijuana and be feeling all better. I took one hit and immediately vomited everywhere and then went and passed out for a day and a half. Wow. <laughs> I'm not doing that again. Wow. That's, <laughs> wow. So we're, you know, we kind of introed in this, and I said, I'll be back after I finish my pizza. They didn't have shrimp here, so I actually went out and had one of my buddies run up to the grocery store and buy some fresh shrimp because I wanted shrimp pizza, right? And um, and they were, you know, kosher enough to make it, you know, put it on there. And, you know, we all kind of wanted it, you know. Um, it's kind of hard to find fresh seafood on pizza, you know what I mean? Um, it, it's one thing to say, hey, I want shrimp, other than another thing to say, I want to you know, a slab of cow, you know what I'm saying? But, um, so back to our, your hallucinogenic experience, okay, which I want to hear about. But I'm going to tell you mine, okay? And it has to do with Halloween, believe it or not. I think maybe I was pushing maybe 12 years old or something like that. Ran across, one of my buddies had some, some mushrooms, you know, and we ate them. We ate them like they were going. We ate them like they were M and M's, you know. And we were tripping. I mean, balls out. And um, 
they uh, one of our neighbors that we didn't like. Nobody liked the neighbor, but we we figured we we take his his pumpkins and um, you know because they put candles back in those days. I don't know if they still do that. I'm not really into holiday shit anymore. But um, we took his pumpkin, one of the smaller ones, and put it on his porch and filled it with dog shit, right? Well, this is the old dog shit bag trick, right? You know, where you knock on the door and you run and the guy comes out and starts stamping on the dog, on the bag, you know? Well, this was a pumpkin, right? But it was small enough where he did that and he fell right for it, you know? And we were sitting at the end of his driveway where actually we were hallucinating at the end of his driveway going, trick, 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 you know? It's, you know, trick or treat. That's kind of like children. That, that don't was try first. this at home, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do do not try this at home. Uh, it's not a good idea. Uh, you will go to jail for that kind of shit nowadays. Um, <laughs> you will. <laughs> you, all right. Yeah, you what you got will. for us, love? Um. All right. So I'm kind of you know in the area. Let me just let me see if I can noise out some of this background because I'm going to ask you a question once I do this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Can you hear me? I can. Can you hear me? Yeah. Did you hear anything else? No. Okay, good. All right, cool. All right, here it comes. Maybe time will tell if you worth fighting for. You want more? I can give you the fight of your life. You can call it love. I'll call it something I've done before. So don't look in my face. Tell me over and over why you need the hell if I. Maybe if the do's and don'ts won't add to much, but if you need a war, you can call it love. I recognize it as a pop song. It comes and goes platinum because that's the way this happens. Everyone's heard this on the radio. Yeah. Maybe if we run into each other later, maybe I'll have written these lyrics. Too many times with you in mind, so you don't need to smile in my face. Lower your eyes. Try to hide the truth, maybe. You're looking for love, but only know how to wage war. Yeah, you can call it love. I'll hear it as the radio plays. Another song gone platinum, because that's the way love and war happens. Oh, love me more. My name is Glenn Still. You sounded Cajun reading that. That was okay. incredible. <laughs> I just you just the just the the whole dialect of the poem. It reminded me of the of Cajun dialect. Great job on that piece. Absolutely awesome, honey. I appreciate that. Are you going to read uh, a second one? Yeah, if you, I mean, if you got time, I, I know there's probably you've got to probably 
uh, the big backup. But, you know, my poetry is pretty minimal. I don't write. I don't like historical. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Okay, so here's a... So I wrote these in the same day. And I kind of like to do something like this because they're kind of like they offset each other, you know. Um, This one goes, uh, mix me heavy into your serenity. Make everything yours mine. Orchestra sparks off the glow of your promise to shine on us forever. Max me out on your love. I'll slowly cut my heart open. Reveal all I am. Bleed out one night. Enter the strain to write the code for ink it so I never forget who we are together. Take all we've got invested in our love. Take my time. Don't save any tears for later. We won't need to replenish anything but our oasis. Mix me into us. Do it when I do best. Open you up with what you long for. Stretch your soul over mine. Wake me in the morning. Show me the apex of the stars restored in the jar next to the bed we sleep in. The ones that never fall. Take all your dreams and make them ours. Max me out on you. I'll mix you into everything I am. This is called Mix and Match. My name is Glenn Still. Fantastic, sweetheart. I'm so glad. The, I'm glad you didn't give up on me when I forgot to come right back and get you, which you know is not intentional. I'm just, you know. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I was wondering. So I, I appreciate you not being offended <laughs> was, by that. I appreciate you <laughs> no, hanging out even. until I remembered. I can picture yeah, you sitting there. She's going to feel so dumb when she realizes I'm still sitting here. <laughs> no, actually, my buddies and I were just talking, and uh, we were talking about how, how uh, we, we were talking about hallucinogenic mushrooms because they're coming this season. So uh, I got buddies that can go down to Florida and start picking, especially with the, the rains that are coming. You know? mm-hmm. And we're going to be tripping our asses off, you know. Joe Rogan probably has the best take on hallucinogenics that I've ever heard, you know. So, and that's one smart motherfucker there. If you've never heard his podcast, if you haven't, you should, because it's kind of like it just discover you just discover a whole lot of different stuff from an expanded from the expanded minds. I will. Well, whenever I send you anything, you never answer, so I never know if you get it or not. So I just don't send you anything anymore. Well, sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. It's kind of like a crapshoot. What happens is, is I can't be on Facebook every single day. And I've had that account for 11 years, and there's so many people on there that if I don't get on and check things right away, they get buried so fast. So it's not intentional um, oh, I totally get it's you. Just, I totally yeah, get it. I just, it's just, I totally get they it. get buried, and I don't have time. I mean, I've got over 5,000 unread messages just because they're all so buried, and it's like, ugh. I have so I'm not really that flaky, you guys. I'm just. Yeah, I have 2,500 notifications that I cannot get through, and I never will. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. sorry, I'm just not going to happen, you know? I would like to be able to just go and delete them all and start it, start it all over again, but... I don't even know what that means. I probably have another 2,500 in, you know, the next six months. I don't know. But, yeah, I get it. I totally get it. At any rate, beautiful show. Love you, Nyla. Um, uh, Personally, I want to 
send a shout out to your sponsors for keeping you on the air for so long. Yeah, they really helped a lot this year, and I really appreciated them. It's uh, Star Sevron, uh, James, which is one sapien, and Roy Murdoch, right here for the beer. Helps sponsor the show. All right, sure. well, I'm we gonna I'm gonna listen to a little bit. If uh, if I do hang up, is only because my phone is like at twelve percent right now. So. <laughs> All right, babe. <laughs> All right, appreciate All right. you, Glenn. Thank you so much for calling in, love. Be peace. Thanks, honey. All right. So I want to remind area code 734-260 and 714. No, you're not in the lineup. So if you guys wanted to call in and read, press 1 if you wanted to read while you're on. You can press 1 at any time. So if you're just hanging out listening, that's cool. And then I need to jump back up here and check 219. Are you with me? Yes, I am with you. Hey, sweetie. How you doing? Very cool. What do you have for us tonight, sweetheart? Oh, too blessed to be jealous. That's the title of this poem. Saul has slain his thousands. And David, his tens of thousands. King Saul became very angry when he heard this way at Gordon. He thought to himself, they accredited David with tens of thousands, but me with only thousands? What more can he get except the kingdom? And from that time forward, Saul kept a jealous eye on David, because Saul was afraid of David. And the Lord was with David, for his presence left Saul. The 18th chapter of 1 Samuel is a perfect example of how jealousy can get out of control. Jealousy is an extremely dangerous emotion because not only do you hurt other people, you end up hurting yourself more than the person whom you're jealous of. Envy leads to jealousy. Jealousy leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. My dear brothers and sisters, I have something that I must confess to you. You may be very surprised about, by what I have to say. I was like, I was once like King Saul in my younger days. My heart was so full of hate and jealousy to the point where it nearly killed me physically and spiritually. But this spirit was my stronghold for many years. You're looking at a transformed hater. See, I could have been Anakin Skywalker when he became God Vader, the good man. And you all know his brother was nearly consumed and destroyed by the spirit of jealousy. Was once a control freak. However, I thank God for not being involved in a relationship back then. See, I could have been like Ike and what love got to do with it. Or one more, he probably discussed my possessive controlling behaviors and being verbally, emotionally, physically abusive toward a woman. I was once a very insecure brother. I didn't love myself due to my low self-esteem. I was always getting the compensation. Because of my hated jealousy, the majority of it stemmed from my deep-rooted fears and my competitive nature. It made me a very dangerous person because the spirit of jealousy would drive me to do things I knew that were not of my nature. But since the spirit of jealousy crossing 
close friendships and share some of my family's ties. Some days I live with big regrets for my stupid, ignorant, and foolish behavior. And, I was, and if I could turn it back to hands of time, I would not be doing that. I sincerely thank God for delivering me from fear the jealousy of removing the hate that was in my heart. When I saw the worst in myself, God still saw the best in me. For a long time, I was in bondage, but he set me free. I'm too blessed to be jealous in everything, body, because I'm all about I'm all about promoting success for everybody around me. And today, I'm doing quite well for myself, and I have completely changed my ways. For me, it's all about appreciating people. Instead of being envious and jealous, I celebrate their achievements and successes along with them. I don't have time for all that mess. And I, and I got too much to live for, and I got too, and I got too many blessings coming my way to be jealous of anybody. In poem. Beautiful, sweetheart. Great piece. Do me a favor. Tell everyone how they can come show you some love. Brother O. For those of you who are not connected with me on Facebook, you can find me under Omar Brother O. Gavin on Facebook. You can connect with me and follow follow me follow me daily. Thank you for the support. Thank you, sweetie. All right, and we will talk to you next week. I'll be on. I'll be back next week. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, baby. <laughs> Bye-bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 832. 832, you're on the air. Hey, Soldier Blue Blue. What's up? Uh, I'm doing okay. Trying to make it through Good. one day at a time. Did you check out the workshop? I did for a minute, but I've uh, been this. These last three weeks have been just really stupid for me. I've been doing a late night shift, and then all of a sudden they switch me up, and I'm doing six to two, and then I'm doing back. Then I'm going back down to late night shift, and these are like my first two days off after all of that nonsense. And so I was just trashed. And I mean, I, I like I said, I, I, I sat, you know, sat with it for a minute, but I just couldn't. I couldn't. Uh, couldn't uh, t- take much time with it because I was just like I said I was just too too wore out from the different hours and stuff and jumping around in different schedules. So it was just a. I listened to a little bit of it, but like I said, I just couldn't get that far with it. That's okay. It'll be sitting there waiting for you should you ever need it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well. This evening's work ain't going to be pretty, but that's all right. I like it anyway. Um, I did want to say kind of as a preface, though, because there's going to be a uh, meaning or a, a, a particular terminology that I'm going to put in there. And it's only going to show up once because it's, you know, it's, it's, basically, it's very specific. But mm-hmm. I wanted to give a little bit back on it because 
I don't want anybody to think that, well, I just don't want anybody to go wrong, the wrong way around with it because I, I you know, I do things very specifically when I use uh, terms that are, that are um, derogatory and or derogatory specific to Native people. And uh, I'm going to use an example of another one uh, just to show you what I mean by that. Back in the uh, reservation era, in terms of the beginning of it, the uh, the Blackfeet people came to uh, have a nickname applied to them by various folk in the res- reservation border towns, as well as the people who worked on the reservation. And they were calling them gut eaters. And, you know, they would say that with contempt and, you know, looking down on them and so forth and so on. And it's like, well, number one, because of you dinglings that they're on a damn reservation in the first place. Number two, wasn't us who decided to cut off the annuities to the people when they weren't able to go out and, and hunt and feed themselves. So they had to take what they could from the scrap, literally the scrap piles, the trash piles behind the slaughterhouses, and what was most commonly available, it were the guts, the intestines. So they would clean them out as, you know, very clean, because obviously you can't have any leftovers on that kind of thing to be able to um, eat, you know, use it for, for, for consumption. And, you know, and then, then, like I say, then they get turned around on it and it's like, oh, okay, you know, well, you know, we're, we're, we're going to call you gut eaters. And it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, you go, you go with that and see how far that gets you. Anyway, this, uh, this piece uh, came off uh, very well. I like it a lot in terms of, you know, the, uh, um, content of it is, but it did, like I say, it ain't going to be pretty. Um, it's called uh, uh, Price Tide. The price of the tide of avarice and Indian genocide. Crows cry south bond sun-shafted light. Gake hotron dagon. Return of those whose bones have been bled white. Wabinska. Bones that became ghosts. Ubechni. Apparitions. Foam from the littered field of the fallen fallow leans drawn, woven into crusted hemp, raw, crushed jute, coarse as braided hops of the gallows. Pillory, the first build that served the so civilized in their quest to excise Ignorance from us all. We, the savages as red as our earth. Mm, the price of the tide of avarice and Indian genocide. Blood love, mon Dust, black shot residue, mon chose, iron ashes. Wind-blown catalyst, almost a confession at a murdered, back-filled grave. Resonance of distance, etroja. Poured liquid, white-hot, blue, 
a fierce flame poet who's going to light the fuel on the fire beds and sheets oh yeah the price of the tide of avarice and ending genocide handcuffed executions bodies in a ditch the tin glint shield oh yuck got me two more activists two young men with futures no more but say protect and serve yeah dimes of light carpet holes of rapid fire tribal land secured watch a man in his car native uniformed north cali res border towns sheriffs patrol cars offline and behind beyond the limits of jurisdiction death preeminent domain the days, Nigaki, Wagondagi. Great mysteries left to save a life. The price of the tide of avarice and Indian genocide. Files of filled in diamond lives. Mother of five found in a drowned Ford pickup truck in a lake one mile from home. Her family survives her. Psychotic breaks, Sega. Death of mind, a baby cut from the womb. Agony that beggars the imagination. Missing, murdered, my silenced indigenous sisters. The price of the tide of avarice. An Indian genocide. Men, women doing dead time, native blood, red earth incarcerated, inundation by request. Largest growing res in the States, USA. We are not all clean. We are not all innocents. We were born with the crook of colonization already around our throats. Deshka, the weight upon our necks. Some of us had no one to tell us what it meant to be a red earth, a human being of the people, Nigashiga. Ancestral bones crippling our feet, broken roots like tripwires as we try to walk your alien pavement. Bone dust, original statutes, bone bond fodder for highways, subways, sub divisions are death never ending the price of the tide of avarice and Indian genocide 14 years old female Lakota escaped the benefactor of her enslavement killed him but boat whores don't get to go home yeah Commerce, Great Lakes. Now she's doing life for her crime of escape and the Holocaustal charges for being a carrier of future generations, for being born. Save the children, yeah. Price of the tide of avarice and Indian genocide. 
So we cut to the chase, pieces that blaze on an editing floor, to the glossed, smiling face of a douche in public office, his orange hair as mentally challenged as he is, who wants to reclassify First Nations, pick up from Walter Plecker, Virginia, the forms of paper genocide, privatize the scrap land that we've been left with as Red Earth, as sovereigns of our continent. So his ass-kissing, apple-polishing cronies. Oh, my, my bad. Politician butt buddies can finish what corporate America has been working on. Whew. Toiling so tirelessly at for so long to make a slit-throat corpse of our continent. Sexier. The price of the tide of avarice and Indian genocide. We are the ghost road born. We are walking our way home. We whom have sold not one of our ancestral bones. We will stand between you and every one of our loved ones. We will stand for our ancestors' bones. The price of the tide of avarice and Indian genocide. And peace. That was intense and phenomenal. Absolutely incredible. I was reading a book on uh, Native history, starting with Mexico and going down into the rest of Latin America, and uh, that one line just kind of jumped off at me because it just and literally it's saying to me. I mean, I can't say it any other way. And that was the, the basically the sung refrain that you heard throughout the piece was that was what I came what started everything off. And it's like you know what, I got to roll with that. Oh, I did. You know, one of the the couplings of words that really stuck to me, I thought was real powerful, was alien pavement. I really like that. <laughs> I mean, it, because it, well, it's so just, it is. <laughs> yeah, it just it just put a. You know, it, it's a real strong image. That one, I don't know why, but that one really stood stood out for me. Oh, Fantastic. Oh, thank you for that. Yeah. It's uh, say it, you know, I mean, we we did look at asphalt and concrete. I mean, you know, that's not that's not the the the, the uh, paths that our people walked. You know, mm-hmm. that's not that's not where our ancestral ancestors trod through their lands. And a lot yeah. of times, not always, but a lot of times, the uh, uh, bones were of our people. That don't always get mentioned in terms of uh, finding human remains were ground up and used as the bed for asphalt or concrete. So that's not a it's not a fish, as fish uh, as far out and or I should say far fetched a uh, concept as might it might seem on the surface. So it, that's why I put it in there in terms of alien pavement. That's 
to us, that's a lot of what it is. You know, I mean, what we want to we want to walk on the on the bones of our people. I don't think so. Wow. See again. Yeah. Awesome, wow, baby. All right, do me a favor. <laughs> Tell them how they can come yes, over and get all. educated by you more. Yeah, anytime they want, anytime at all. I got the time, and I got the, I got the shotgun shells and the bandolier to go with it, you know. And, and that's because that's how I look at my work. You know, every every work I build is a is a shot another shotgun shell I can use for education, educational purposes. So <laughs> that's my own little thing, I guess. It does, you know. Anyway, uh, come over and see me. I'm over here I'm on Facebook, uh, Rafe Wild, uh, at Facebook.com, and underneath in parentheses it says Soldier Blues. So that's me. Very cool. All right, baby. Great job tonight, hon. Thank you. Thank you, Miss Nyla. You're welcome. We'll talk to you soon, sweetheart. Yes, ma'am. All right. I'm going to go ahead and give the next couple callers so you kind of know where you're at. We have 919, then 503, 480, and then 585. Okay, so let's go ahead and bring on 919. 919, you're on the air. Yes. Good evening, Nyla. How are you, dear? I'm doing great. I'm doing great myself, doing great myself. Granville in the house. Indeed, and I'm he going is. To do... It's good to hear from you, sweetheart. Thank you. Same here, same here. I'm going to do a piece for you. I did for you the last time I was here. I don't think I did it very well. But it was a first time, so I'm going to do it. This time it is called Knowledge. I have loved Knowledge. All my life, quoted her, followed her, wooed her, loved her from a distance, up close and personal. Ever the focus my gaze, I loved or cherished none more. And this morning, as I awakened, opened my eyes, and there she laid beside me, my lover. Soundly asleep she lays, and I am comforted. Wisdom stands, God, at my doors, acknowledges my rising with understanding round and about ever present the glory of God my benefactor and strength of my life the morning favors me there are no strange bedfellows here As love is in the air, we frolic and play under the auspices of the Almighty God Himself, and there be no higher power. Thank you. 
Absolutely beautiful. Great job reading that, sweetheart. Thank you, thank you. Wonderful piece. All right, do me a favor. Tell everyone how they can come show you some love. You can follow me on Instagram, Granville John Hedrington. Look for the lion logo, all the dark glasses, and check me out on Instagram, the same name. And get to know me. Follow my work and call me and let me know how you like it. Thank you very much, Naila. <laughs> Thank you very much, sweetheart. Great job. Thank we'll you. talk to you next week, okay? Okay. Bye-bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 503. 503, you're on the air. Hi, Nyla. Hey, sweetheart. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing okay, I guess. Uh, wow, tonight's show is very honest. It's been an incredible night, hasn't it? It really has. I've been listening for a couple of hours now. Yeah, I'm really impressed. And why do I have to always follow better poets than myself? <laughs> Nobody is better than each other. You know that. <laughs> I, uh, I I hate to, you know, um, contradict you, but, uh, boy, those last couple of poets are really good. Anyway, I just brought you another stupid sonnet. I love your sonnets. Well, I hope so. It's an honest one. All right. This is called Redolin. (laughs) I received a call from a friend who was looking for his own healing. He reminded me of things unspeakable that I did as a stupid eight-year-old while on Redolin. The madness surged through my brain. I turned to the bottle in hopes of surviving Another blank was filled in, new news about my beginnings. And now I truly know my ego is out of control. I could have been better back then. In the phone. What? You knew me when my ego was out of control. Just put your laugh. Silly it's little ten okay. year old that you were. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was smart enough to have a crush on you at that age. <laughs> yes, thank you for building that ego. <laughs> <laughs> I've said this before, but for those that you don't know, John dated my older sister in high school. And I was just this little snot nosed kid, but oh my god, I was so in love with him. I cannot even tell uh, you. You were you were like you uh, were like just the shit. You were. Yeah, well, I'm well, trying to deal with that too, now at 59. <laughs> 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 Believe me, now 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 I'm the snot nosed kid because I have this post nasal drip. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> uh, awesome. All right, baby, do me a I'm, favor. Tell everyone how they can come see you, find you, read your work, listen to your music, all that good stuff. Yeah, um, well, um, the R&R Ranch, um, I'm mucking barns out there and playing music for them when they need, you know, to raise some money, and uh, I don't know, the rest of the time I'm kind of in the unemployment line right now, so (laughs) hard to get a job when you're 59. So if anybody wants to hire me, find me on Facebook. (laughs) I got tired of... 
I got tired of jobs and just made my own. Yeah, I know that. In fact, I um, you you don't ever post this, but Nyla's got this great line of freaking clothing and headgear for Halloween. You got to check it out. It is beautiful. Go ahead, plug yourself. <laughs> I make stuff. Come on. I just did. I make stuff. <laughs> you do make stuff. I'll post my link. My, my store is pretty. I, I sell it online, and it's my. It's because of Halloween. I do a lot of stuff for theaters. I've got a. Actually, I'm costuming an entire off Broadway play in New York right now, and I've got one costume left to do, and it opens November 11th. So I'm just like humping ass here to get everything done, and then Halloween is my busiest time of year, but I do theaters and Burning Man and Renaissance festivals all year long and just crazy stuff, labyrinth balls. And and so I make all kinds of weird, crazy stuff like this. And it all started out because I used costumes in my photography and they started piling up. So yeah. then I started selling them and then it went crazy. So now that's what I do for a living. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. <laughs> I showed my girl um, some of the stuff that you make and she's, uh, I believe, has posted an order, and I'm telling you, uh, she loved it. So what did you know. she, what did she order? Oh, she was looking. I'm not sure if she ordered it yet or not. She's a little broke right now, but uh, she was looking at some of that headgear that you make. Oh, you know? Make sure she tells me who she is, <laughs> and I'll make something special it. for her. Yeah, Just have yeah. her email me and say, hi, this is John's friend. I need you to make me a custom headpiece, and it's got to be really cool. I think she's probably just going to get, take something off the shelf. Uh, uh, when I met this girl, she was the same age you were when I met you. So. Ah, you <laughs> I know. cradle robber. I know. <laughs> I feel old. <laughs> No, you're awesome. Uh, All right. Do me a yeah. favor. Tell everyone how they can find you again. No, well, I'm the guy in the unemployment line. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll just deal I'm with that. On All right, sweetheart. Occasionally. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thank you, John. We'll talk to you soon, honey. All, All right. right. Our next and and just impatiently anticipated caller comes from the area code 480. 480, you're on the air. Hello, Nyla. Hey, sweetheart. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm Morgan. It's nice to finally be able to be on your show. <laughs> I'm glad to have you here. I've been getting, like, messages. Where, when, when, where, where is he, what, blah, blah. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, we're in, we're in, we're in. It, so this we're is a lot longer we are excited making... to hear from you. Oh, well, I'm glad to be here. She told me about this show when she was listening for less than six months. Never called in. Never listened. Tonight's the first time. <laughs> well, welcome to the show, sweetheart. Thank you. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little nervous. I don't typically share my pieces verbally. So I've got two for you, so that's okay if you have time. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not terribly long. <laughs> I don't... I don't write um, novels. I wish I had that ability, but they are as long or as short as they need to be. That's a good length for them. Okay, perfect. Um, is there any special rules I need to know, being that it's my first time on? 
Uh, just no, you can do erotica, but no word porn, no bumping body parts, no uh, tab A and a slot B. We don't need to hear about nipples, but other than that, you're good to go. Okay. All right, that's fine. I don't think that that's going to apply tonight. <laughs> okay. However, the first piece is called Lust and Longing. Who is this creature that slumbers so soundly? What is this madness that drives so profoundly? My cloak, the blackness, is all now but spared. My desire, so close, but yet not she scared. What is this power I don't understand? So late is the hour, I ought not lay a hand. This creature is so perfect, I must make her mine. But it's blasphemy to harm her, to damn the divine. I can't live without her, yet I ought not disturb this slumbering creature who is so superb. So with a small kiss, I betroth to thee this slumbering creature in front of me, a promise, a pact of eternal desire that flows through my veins as a maddening fire that no man nor no beast shall take thee from me. I'm nothing to you. You're all to me. I pray that you're dreaming this dream I desire. I dare to hope that I am your fire. So with this small kiss, I leave you this dream. I pray that you ought not wake up and scream. The damned are the damned. Nothing has changed, and if you accept me, you must be deranged. I leave you, my sweet, unblemished, unknowing that this passion I hold is forever growing. Not to your knowledge I reap what I'm sowing. So with this last kiss, I fear that I'm going. Upon a dark night when the blackness clings, I shall return as the reaper sings his song of lament, so filled with longing. I'll take you that night, to me belonging. As I wear my cloak of night once more, I want you to know that I'm outside your door, waiting for you forevermore, always watching outside your door. For now I vanish into this night. Fear not the darkness, disown the light. These eyes that you feel upon thee are mine. For it is blasphemy to damn the divine. End peace. Okay, so we're going to do something very unorthodox here. And, and guys, this is my show, so you just have to bear with me. First of all, sure. I absolutely freaking love that piece. It Thank is. You. It is insane, dark, crazy, awesome. I absolutely That's love it. That's kind of my modus operandi. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but I, I'm going to play you a track, and it's a very, very old track of mine. It may have been before I did my name change. Um, sure. But I want, because they're the watching too. you while you're sleeping, the okay. evermore, you can understand why I want you to hear this. So this is a piece I did a long, 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 long time ago. So so tell me if you can hear any similarities in this, okay? Sure. I'm playing a piece of mine, guys. I never do this. Bear with me. Here we go. Evermore. You are the secret. My secrets dare not speak. You are the passion. My passion dares not seek. 
minus the voice of the voice that will never reveal, minus the truth of the true heart's unbroken seal. In the silent and quiet night, I wait till you're asleep. I stand at your bed till your breathing turns deep. My eyes lick across to you every night. They know your taste. And this is when you are mine. Mine. And there is no need for haste. Quietly, I undress and slip between the sheets. I love you. I fuck you. In this place where mind and matter meets. Selfishly, I help myself to you while you rape my soul. This is all there can be. I am the only ever know. You are the secret. My secrets dare not speak. You are the passion. My passion dares not seek. You're the whispers. My whispers dare not breathe. You are all my skeletons for which there are no keys. When the sun comes knocking, at the too soon dawning door. I slip back into the quiet alone, back into the secret that haunts me evermore. So see, except in your version, you were... You were really nice, and you didn't damn the divine. I just totally messed up their divine. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Who got steamy in here? Oh my goodness! Was... So your piece really reminded me of that, of that that secret place. Like your in yours, it was like where you know darkness. It sounded like a stalker Sandman, first of all, but I mean, more so, yeah, <laughs> it was darkness falls in love with the light. But there can yeah. be no darkness and light. And so it's kind of like that whole, um, oh, what's that freaking movie, Lady Hawk thing going on there? I'm not familiar with that film, but I will look into it. I'm you have, it's like right. Matthew Broderick when he was a puppy. It is the most amazing oh. film ever. That's your homework is to watch that, Lady Hawk. Now, oh, oh, I get homework now. Okay. Yeah. Yes, yeah. You, you're here, your family now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so great piece. I loved I have, it. I loved it. Oh, excellent. I'm so glad. I've been so nervous about sharing on this show for years, so I never have. Um, I have one more, and I haven't written probably in a decade because life had me on the ropes for so long. I just I couldn't even make the words come anymore. And over the past few years, I've been building myself back up. I'm healthy. I'm happy. I'm good. And two days ago, 
was the first time words flowed as they always naturally have for me, and I'd like to share that piece with you. Please, I would love it. Okay. This one's actually inspired by a um, Friedrich Nietzsche quote. Um, The quote is, I am a forest and a night of dark trees, but she who is not afraid of my darkness will find banks full of roses under my cypresses. I saw that, and I wrote the solemn rose. Lo, but a rose so sweetly scented on its tips, a fume so strong, it lingers gently on my lips. The moonlight calmly glinting on its piercing hide, a bed of razors, a warning in which to ascribe. A dagger hence for every scar, growing over every mar, to brace this flower's beauty bold from those whose grips are strong and hold. With simple viewing from afar, you cannot see the pox and mar. However deep they seem to run, still they stand to soak the sun, detracting not from strength of stem, nor from beauty of this gem. Yet to admire from away does injustice to the splay of darkly woven silken bends that grow more vibrant as it mends. So here I sit at water's edge, waxing towards this thorny pledge with quips of wonder in my brain. Will a touch leave blood and pain? Or should I venture from afar, dare not touch the pox and mar, and thereby in a fearful state risk injustice on my fate? I suppose with time the answer's clear, and only if I shall draw near to risk a touch with weathered hand, Shall I know if I'm to stand the barbs in which adorn this flower that tempts me so this waning hour? End piece. Absolutely incredible. I am so glad that she's been pushing you to come over here and read. I'm so glad that you listened to her. I am so glad that you're here. I think you are an incredible writer. You know, thank you. There's it's just like someone has their favorite kind of music. Someone can love music, but there's some types of music. Like for me, it's if, if I hear a powerful, like a, a cello, or the or the mm-hmm. a, a violin, um, bass, you know, the pounding things that are very tribal rhythms, mm-hmm. you know, very strong rhythms that just make you grit your teeth and close your eyes, you know, and move. That's that's like my preference. For me, that's that's my favorite type of music, and the same thing for art. Your eyes will be drawn to something. There's a certain type of poetry. Your there there's a lot of power. There's a lot of there's a lot of power in your writing, and I really relate to that. You know, which is obvious. I mean, I played that piece, and um, <laughs> so it's, it's not that it's the same style, but it's the same vein, and so I really enjoyed hearing it. Thank you. You can thank my power three, and that's Poe, Shakespeare, and Frost. Those guys laid out the framework for pretty much everything that I do. So you want to know what's really funny? Hmm. Is Poe's my favorite uh, poet, one of my favorite poets, probably one of my top in my top three. And I am the biggest Shakespeare nerd you will ever ever find in your life. <laughs> I got every single. I've probably seen The Tempest. I swear to God, fifty times. That's awesome. <laughs> Because that one's my favorite. 
excuse me, I'm so sorry. Um, so I love Shakespeare. And I was sitting there and listening to you read, and then I looked down at the chat room, and I don't think you're in chat, are you? No, you're not in chat. Uh, no, I'm not in chat. So I looked down in the chat room, and the first thing I see is a comment that says, this reminds me of a Shakespearean monologue. Uh, that That's actually one of the highest compliments I think I can receive. Isn't so whoever it? said that, thank I, you. <laughs> I, thank I you. think that, uh, yeah, I, I, that's that's just amazing. So I was thinking it, they wrote it, and you were, yeah, but the, it, it does. And the whole time I was, you know, picturing a little puckish type guy sitting there talking. So very cool. Great job. Glad you're here. Now you're fine. And I will you have to be returning. Back all the time. Okay. I will when I can. Um, I don't want to take up any more time, but there is one place and one place only that you can find my writing. It's a little known website called writerscafe.org slash ashire. That is A-S-H-I-R-E. Writerscafe.org slash Ashire. Very cool. All right, you guys, make sure that you go check him out. And uh, thank you, Sean, for putting that link into the chat room for me. Oh, and we will watch. talk to you next week, dear. Yeah, I, I hope so. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Great job tonight, hon. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you. All right, then. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 585-585. You're on the air. Hello. How are you? Hey, um, Sean. Uh, okay. This this one is called um, uh, Breaking the Nightmare. Yeah. He was a nomadic character. I met a while back who just told me that I find my solace while just traveling alongside the Erie Canal. He was totally symbolic in what is tangible and natural. A man who went through foster care, superficial and artificial parenting, that I never myself ever had. I've always had a real dad and a real mother. So it helps me to see the masculinity and femininity all more clearly, even if I do not necessarily ever get it perfectly. When he first met me, he told me that he read similar material than me, even, and I got excited Oh, yeah, until I found out his lifestyle was completely different. You see, I have always had support amongst my own nightmares and traumas and troubles when I am scared. Yet he didn't, and he told me that to my face. He reminded me of a galactic soldier that you would see on those sci-fi movies when by this young man who looks young but his energy is the universe flowing throughout his body intelligently as it was with mine and it is with my and others around me even if they are not too aware of it religiously or spiritually though it's all 
a difficult society to live in that does not value psychic communications without words dearly as much, much as it should be doing so. Otherwise, it is far harder to break away someone else's nightmare, nightmares like that of my friends and the ones he has been consumed by, a fatherless child and one with fake mothers who do not really know him, but only temporarily so through foster care. He told me this all when always getting together with me and also about society's troubles with obsessions of money and control over the body as almost proper as almost property. It's a troublesome world when what is fake has reigned supreme. So how can someone not want to dream? Mayat principles of ancient comedic peaceful actions relating to everything is what he told me pyramid power in the mind and heart not just on the money or dollar truly though whose god is that whom i supposedly am trusting is it a worthy one or one of continual fears and nightmares He said to me that both the evils of the representative devil and that of the god or benevolent action is both on this planet right now. He chose to be representative of these forces symbolically within his body and that of the energy representing him spiritually but always got misunderstood because maybe according to society he was schizophrenic or a multiple personality disorder person. Who knows? Although I know, even though amongst it all, he represented truth to me through the thick of it all, writing wisdom lyrically through hip-hop about the trials and tribulations of attaining more wisdom and even representing his own story through a movie called King's Faith, all about foster care problems and having more faith to make himself more lively. I have been so drawn to his passion of how he desired so much to get out of his own nightmares, even if it was sporadically or self-righteously. Far too many of us don't want to claim our own divinity to free ourselves from our own mental slavery, which is why I honored him so much with how he chose to do this representing his own stories and the ways he did them artistically. In essence, he was helping me to see how to break the nightmare within my own body's energy flowing through me, a subconscious battle of energy and negative debauchery, troubling stress and fearful anxiety, dealing with illusory dangers, and lifetime scenery, all helping me to see the far vaster opportunities, take faith in the, in the mysteries, feel the flow beyond the agonies. You know it's funny when people tell you that this world's night uh, is a nightmare. They never mention their own nightmares as being problems unto the same world. Why can't uh, why can't you get 
uh, along with being just different for the sake of being different because our DNA is by nature. It's all symbolic mathematics and worded in the linguistics as pejorative, pejorative, uh, have stated it in his research in Moscow, Russia on DNA. It's like, wow, the regeneration of our times comes from the worst nightmares that we have is what this guy told me. Brandon Correa, Erie Can- named also Erie Canal, a reminder of the main renegade nature that is inside of me. The information is always there for us to peruse, yet see, our DNA is the biological internet. The information is always there for us to peruse. You see, blackness turns into light. From the breaking of nightmares, of the ultraviolet light spectrum magnified hundreds of times over the people not understanding who they are truly become their own prisoners, not using enough mind power, not utilizing their own trading power, their own natural vibrational frequency vigor. The worst pains of indigenous slaughter bring back the nightmares of the native elders to the Caucasians and ones who conquered at the expense of others. Can we face this together? Biophotonic emissions in any kind of weather. You are not your mind. Most people don't even know that they have two selves your mind and your spirit or consciousness. Your mind is what generates the thoughts you have, and your spirit or consciousness is what is listening to the thoughts your mind creates. The anonymity of this consciousness is really nobody and everybody at the same time, which is why it allows us to break our own nightmares freely, easily. We can know who we are when we respect the melanin, the melatonin, pineal gland, and heart activation. You see, it was from the center of this planet where it came from to me, which is the continent of Africa. No doubt, the truth is always known from your center. It's told to you. The blood plasma, the flowing nature of lava, The power of giving and receiving is how we are becoming and believing. Breaking nightmares, no sense of deceiving. Breaking the nightmare. And peace. That was phenomenal. Now, I've got a personal question to ask you, by the way. Okay. Do you you know what your IQ is? Because I'm betting it's right up there near genius level. I I don't know. <laughs> I don't I have no I, I I would seriously bet that it is. You know, that you can just I've known you for a long, long time and have been listening to your writing for a long time and it just really amazes me the references that you use and stuff like that. Um you know, so yeah, I'm betting it's up there pretty high. Well I use like a I I I like I've I've been one to like to connect things together from different places and try to see where that comes into one concept in general. So it's like 
like uh, like the DNA or something like that connected with like somebody's nightmares or, or subconscious mind or something like something like that. That's where I was I was going with with that. And that but that was a that's dedicated to somebody I know and uh, um from where I I he lives in North Carolina now, but you know he's uh he's from Rochester where I am. Uh, he's a he's mm-hmm. a hip hop guy um, for, um, named Erie Canal. That's his that's his rap name. <laughs> but he he was um, the inspiration of that. So yeah, <laughs> very cool, love. And by the way, thank you for saying what. Let me go, scroll back up. Thank you for saying I'm a beautiful woman in the chat room. I noticed that. That was sweet. Thank you. <laughs> it was. It was yeah. You've been sweet like well, that since yeah. I met you a long time ago. James and and the, and the wolf, one sapient. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, he looks. He has a, he has a wolf. He has a wolf, that wolf picture. Yeah. He's, he's, he does. Yeah. He's. Yeah. You know, so I'm. I'm on. Uh, Um, scribd dot com slash scale uh, two thousand twelve. I also I'm also at uh, fa- uh, Facebook at uh, my, my name Sean Liebel and uh, and. And also, uh, very cool. Yeah. All right, hon. Will we talk to you next week? Yep. Awesome. Thank you, Sean. I appreciate you, baby. Bye, hon. All right. Our next caller comes from area code seven one four seven one four. You're on the air. Seven one four. Are you with us? Nyla, hi, it's Jacqueline. How are you? I'm sorry, I forget to unmute myself. <laughs> That's okay. Oh. I was waiting. I figured. It is good to hear from you, sweetheart. Oh, likewise. The show is amazing. I wish I could have made your um, workshop. I didn't make it. <laughs> well, you know, they're, I, I record them, and they're they're actually designed to be listened to in the archive. So you can start oh, them and good. stop them whenever, wherever you want while you're writing down. Because I'll, I'll say, okay, write this down for me. And you can pause it when the music plays, write everything down, and then start the show back up. So they're actually intentionally done to listen to via archive because it's too hard to do it live on the air. You know, you don't have enough oh. time to write. And I'm not going to sit there and play, you know, 10-minute music beds. Um, it's just silly to do it that way because most of the listens will come from the archives anyway. So, it's, yeah, so it's posted oh, on my page. Cool. Jump over onto my Facebook page right now. It's actually posted I, I on my that. Facebook page. Okay. And you can jump on the archives and do it. It's really fun. It's just a, it's a really fun exercise, and, and you'll understand what its intentions are when you listen. Yes, I, because I heard I heard someone say that you're not supposed to start sentences with I am, and I'm like, oh, man, I need this word. Just I. That was <laughs> one of the rules of poetry is that you never start a poem with I 
because it alienates the reader. If you start the poem with I, they immediately think you're talking about yourself, and who likes to sit around and listen to people talk about themselves? And so theoretically, it's supposed to alienate and turn off and make the reader's mind close. Okay, so how do you combat that? How do you get around it? You know, and that's kind of what the workshop talks about. Um, But I hear, you know, rules are meant to be broken. There are no rules. We make our own rules. Oh, my God. (laughs) The whole, okay, well, then here's the broken rule. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I didn't know that. Well, shall I? There's a rule against everything. If I'm wearing a a, a pink shirt today, I'm sure there's a rule somewhere against it. Well, this one's going to be broken because this is what I got. (laughs) Go, girl. Okay. I marvel at the thought of you. Well, not exactly the you who you are now, much wiser and weathered, the you I envision, usefully, carefree, and untethered. Admired by men, loved by women who didn't, who did and didn't lay down. Your chiseled profile is adorned with your signature, a well-worn, earth-toned, brimmed hat above your brow. Before the lure of prominence seduced by the affluent, before a part of your humanity was jaded, almost to the point of ruin. An irresistible charm, thicker than molasses, completely in love with life vibrantly full of passion. Maybe there is some truth in how I choose to imagine you. The old man, now distinguished with age, also recalls a time when the world was his stage. His inked words were the pulse of the town. Printed on parchment paper is his story, leather-bound. Frustrated steps shuffle and slide across the wooden floor, afraid he won't find on top of an ornate desk when he approached the closed door. The rusty hinges squeaked almost as loud as his deep breath exhaled a sigh of relief. Once he caught sight of the antiquated, outdated old friend. His ever-reliable relic awaited him. The feeble fingers intuitively know every letter's place and every keystroke. Tap, 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 slaps wrinkled ink ribbon. The old girl is in need of a bit of tweaking. Rusty keys, strain and squeaky. Still, he trusts the old instrument more than anyone he's ever met. Hours pass in a hurry. His shoulders strain, stiff from years of worry. Curved neck slightly bent cigarette smoke and rolled up sleeves, he plants himself before her ancient keys. Spills out faded words, double-spaced, 12-point font reads across the pages, stacked high and neat. Word for word, he recollects, matches painted images that danced in his head. The keys slap against paper with fury, archive his truth from start to finish. This deformed the fingers heroically comply. Resurrect twisted, buried, secret memories attached to truth and lies. His truth and legacy told without regret, each chapter of his life stacked on top of the other, just as his torso rested on top of his old friend as if his last breath was to give a gentle caress. 
They chronicled the life we will never forget. In point. I am so glad that you were able to call in tonight and get on the air before the, the show shut down. That was amazing. Thank you. You are Thank very, you. very welcome. I, I I started with I. <laughs> but that's okay. See, there's there's every I mean the the, the rules for poetry when when Oscar Wilde was writing poems, you know, he didn't pay attention to them, you know. And they're so much different. The rules then are so much different than they are now. The rules are always changing. You do what you want and you make them work. You know, I think it's important to, it's like it's like being a painter, right? It's important to go to school and learn the basics of painting. It's important to learn how to mix colors. It's important to learn the different strokes each type of brush can make. But ultimately, once you have your skills down, then you go out and you just make messy and create your own art. I believe it's the same way for writing. It's good to know what our rules are and why. And if you... Um, get a chance to listen to the workshop, you know, it'll tell you why. Okay, don't start a poem with I because it will alienate the the uh, listener or the reader. You know, just like well, one of our girlfriends calls and said, you alienated? wouldn't believe what I just did. And I just did this and we start yapping on and on and on. And our brain just kind of shuts down and we start doing dishes while we're talking to him. And half of the conversation we're just going, uh-huh, uh-huh. And we're not really listening. You know it. You've had conversations like that. So that's the yeah. concept behind it. So if you're going to break that rule and start a poem with I, how do you keep your reader from tuning you out? And it's just it's a human nature, subconscious thing that we do. So when you start a poem, and you don't have to worry about that because you are a very strong and very powerful writer. You know, so you know, you don't alienate anybody when you write. So you you're I mean, you naturally write in a very powerful way like that. So you're good to go. Thank you. I received that. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> All right, sweetheart, do me a favor and tell everyone how to find you. Well, I can be found um, well on YouTube. Gratitude for you because I am so grateful for everyone most times. Um Facebook and uh, allpoetry.com and um, poetry and the uh, Epiphany Radio and uh, the Speakeasy Cafe with Nyla. That's the best place for you to be because that's where I like it when you hear the best. Yeah. <laughs> All right, sweetheart. Absolutely. Great job. And we'll talk to you next week, honey. Absolutely. God willing and the creek don't rise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and if it does, we'll send a helicopter and get you here anyway. <laughs> a rowboat or something, yes. <laughs> yep. All right. All Thank right. you Have so much, video. sweetheart. You're welcome. All righty. Bye-bye, hon. All right, that puts us out of time tonight, you guys. So I am going to play a track to end the show with tonight. I want to thank everybody for being here. It has been absolutely a phenomenal, phenomenal night. I've had a lot of fun. We've met some new people tonight. We've heard from, you know, Miss Jessica, who's been calling in since she was 14 years old, uh, and she's a grown-up woman with children now. 
Um, it's just real cool. And on that note, just to kind of touch on that real quick, some of you may not know because you're newer listeners, but this month, the the end of October, um, we're probably actually going to celebrate it uh, the first week in November, I think. I can't remember. I'm going to have to check the exact date. But we'll have been on the air for 12 years. Okay, 12 years we've been doing this every Thursday together. And I'm real excited about that. And so um, we're going to be doing a special anniversary show. And I'm open for ideas on things you guys, you know, it's, it's our anniversary, not mine. I just, I'm just the glorified phone answer person. You know, you guys, you guys are the community. You guys are what makes this show. Um, this is something that you guys have built and been, should be very proud of. Uh, you know, so if you have any ideas on stuff you'd like us to do for your anniversary show, uh, things you want to incorporate, whatever, uh, if you want to write poems to each other or about the community or anything like that, um, you know, it's just—it's a real special, real special time for us. Our 12-year anniversary, 12 years—it's like twice as long as most marriages. It's crazy. So, I'm real excited about that. All right. With that said, guys, um, I'm going to close the show. Oh, I only have my stuff pulled up. No, we can't. No, I don't. No, no. I need something else. Hang on. La la la. Stalling. Stalling. Very not good stalling techniques. I am a professional. So I'm going to close the show <laughs> with a piece. Um, we're going to close it with a piece by Adam Faulkner. And it's Sundays at First Presbyterian. We will see you guys next week. Love you all and good night. Sundays at First Presbyterian. I remember Sundays at First Presbyterian by the smell of ashtrays trapped in the morning after clothes of older boys, whose mouthfuls of neon and grown-up I envied how their ugliest of unholy words made the pretty girls blush and forget to flirt back by the chatter of high heels crunching into sidewalk, the wearing of a choir boy's patience at not peeking, eyes closed, head bowed, at beginning to notice curves in the bodies of girls we'd met playing baseball at recess. I remember Sunday, by the corners of my father's grin, prideful and relieved that his youngest son, the one who looked like him, finding something sacred in this patting on the back shit, this praising holy blue eyes in a mansion of glass shit, this wardrobe rivalry and flaunt for the spirit, this your mother wants to do this as a family, so come on. By the hiss and swing of a number seven downtown blue line bus door waiting behind the church like a prayer. By the way we laugh about rolling our sleeves up to squeeze through the hole in that fence out back. By the sizzle of bacon fat and grease on our chins. By the grass stains that grew impossible to hide, at least from Stephen's mother. By hiding the sound of a panting tongue in the back of the chapel and breathing like we'd learned to in choir practice. Even and from the stomach, sliding into the last pew to the final curie eleison, weak forgiven and only powdered donuts on our lips and lipstick on our shirts to show for it, to close our eyes and pray.